everybody, and welcome to episode 294 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is here in the mystical, magical Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the Airwaves with me? First Miss Beer, Chris Antista. And Matthew, I am so glad gaming is finally cool, Alan. And joining us for the first time ever, it's special guest... Micah, I don't have a nickname for myself, even still, Seth. <laughs> this is like the second or third time we've done this same intro. Uh, where where might people have seen your stuff? Because you've, you've been around in this industry. Yeah, so uh, most recently, maybe you watched Snoop Dogg smoking weed and playing video games on Twitch about eight months ago. I was working on that game, SOS. Oh, nice. Um and I played uh, SOS. Oh, awesome! There you go. Yeah. So, see, the, already the someone game. recognized that. Uh, and prior to that, I started Game Explain, which is uh, one of the top Nintendo-focused YouTube channels out there. I've heard of that. Damn there right you go. it is. Uh, and before that, even I was at IGN on uh, the Game Scoop podcast back when it was just an audio podcast. Oh, awesome! So you're a seasoned veteran. I, I guess you could say that uh, I don't like to think of myself that way. So. <laughs> I, whenever I say seasoned veteran, I mean, somewhere in the back of my mind, I just imagine like a, a grizzled old soldier, like shaking spices on himself. Like, <laughs> I'm delicious. <laughs> yeah. Seasoning my experience. Um, anyway, uh, it's almost fucking Christmas. Can you believe it? We're yes. thoroughly into the holidays for those of you who don't celebrate it. Um, it's just that kind of season. It's mid-December right. I, <laughs> for the rest of you. <laughs> Can I get a real last-minute plug-in? If you are in the North Florida area, I will be hosting a uh, festival of holiday shorts in about uh, 12 hours. So oh, you don't shit. have a lot of time to plan around it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the two hours of classic cartoons that uh, most of the companies who made it don't want you to see. Uh, we're going to be screening it on the big screen as where they were intended to play. Uh, it'll be really fun. Trivia, contest. You'll dig it. I'll be there. Sounds like a lot of fun. And if you can't be there, patrons will get a version of that on patreon.com slash laser time after the fact. And for those of you in Australia, I hope you're enjoying your summer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as we're getting near Xmas... Christmas, free stuff day, whatever you want to call it. We are under some sort of cosmic contractual obligation to do at least one holiday-themed show. Yes. And I asked Matt, what can we do that's sincerely holiday-themed while still keeping an edge? And somehow Matt read that as, what's the edgiest possible thing we can possibly <laughs> this do was your holiday around Christmas? List? This, is, this is toys. <laughs> toys are holiday. <laughs> no, this is not just toys. This is killer toys. <laughs> Evil, demonic hunks of plastic that come to life under the tree and yep. try to kill you. Look, I'm just trying to work out some issues from that clown in Poltergeist growing <laughs> up. Like, that's all this comes down to. Yeah, that was you, that was kind of terrifying. I think if you yeah. buy into Toy Story or better still a Christmas toy, it stands to reason one of those toys, one out of 100 of those, those toys is going to be a psychopath. Oh yeah. I mean just the way they're treated. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Like imagine if you were raised by children. Mm -hmm. Like of course you grew up to be a serial killer. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, yes. every every Toy Story movie that has a villain except for Sid in the first movie, like mm -hmm. it's all because they were horribly mistreated by kids. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we we have a uh, we have a fun mix of games to talk about for our top five. But Chris, what kind of cartoons are you going to be doing? My favorite one that I'm going to be doing is the cartoon Peace on Earth, 
it was so it was so well received back in the day. It, it's one of the few cartoons to be remade by the same people uh, twenty years later. But it's all about uh, this happy little squirrel who goes to his happy little squirrel grandchildren. And they sing, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And then he's like, Grandpa, what's men? And he explains how war wiped us all out and we don't exist. And that's why a bunch of rats and raccoons live in the helmets and artillery shells of the former species of man. Great. It's one of the biggest bummers slash cutest uh, Christmas cartoons ever made. Uh, and you can thank Hanna Barbera for that. What was uh, it's one of the good ones us? from like, 1939. This is like the Secret of Nim Christmas yeah. version or something. Yeah. Well, well, it's actually a lot like Splatoon, which is interesting because uh, this week's a big week for Splatoon and a bunch of other Nintendo and other franchises because Smash just came out. Yes, and the whole premise. I don't of understand Smash, the segue, but I'll go with it. The whole premise of Smash is toys coming to life and yes. fighting each other to the death. Generally, not fighting their human owners, but well, I guess the master hand sort of counts. So, that, uh, dude, that was the premise of the first Smash yeah. Brothers. They were toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there, now the it's premise got two, of this one as well. Is, I mean, they, I mean, they, 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 really they went not, back to it. They're basically they're toys that uh, if you play the single player, the World of Light mode, they're they're toys that oh. are oh. Uh, corrupted by. I, I thought it was just uh, yeah. Kirby is the last survivor. After he, a he he is horrible attack yeah. by Galim. He he's, he's, he's just the last streaming for someone to mate with him. Mm-hmm. He, he's the only reason he's the last survivor. He's the last amiibo anyone bought remaining <laughs> in the store. That's all it is. Yeah, it, is, it does. It does have the most negative space in, in its retail box. It's pretty great. <laughs> if, you, if you don't look closely, you'll think like uh, this amiibo is empty. No, that's the Kirby one. <laughs> he just ate everything else in that box. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, and and uh, I've I've played a bunch of Smash. Uh, we have a Smash two. expert here in uh, Micah. You've don't call me an expert, it. but I have played a lot of I, this game. You're so an expert far, compared so. to me yeah. at this point. So, uh, in other words, we just got plenty of time, Micah. We all need to have a little chat. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's ever been a Micah in a video game prior to this character, <laughs> and I was pretty. I, I was excited going into the game, thinking, oh, there's. A- video game character with my name it's not a very common name and then he is the worst he is, scumbag yeah. in really oh is. my goodness the best the best is when there's a certain act where you see him with his shirt off and he just has <laughs> I, I never noticed his pot belly in the game earlier and i'm like oh yeah this just is like the perfect body type that i want to imagine for this guy he's, like, he's out of shape i could just somehow imagine like he reminds me of a guy i saw in in the 80s in a mall who was like coming up to my parents and offering to sell his jacket so that he could buy cigarettes <laughs> yeah right no, he, he very much has that senior card gauge body mm-hmm. you know yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. skinny everywhere and then just this random pot belly out of nowhere mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of what i i pattern my own red dead online character after i i oh, just realized oh, really? like oh he doesn't have to wear a shirt but he can wear a, a coat over his shirt yeah. well, i sent you a picture no of mine yeah. Mr. Duke Lombardi. Ah. Man, did you see? My, there's a glitch in the game where you can be naked, so they like built an ass and everything. Oh, wow. You never get to they see. They built an ass. They built a whole ass. They said it couldn't be done. We built this ass on money from GTA Online. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, I have a, a wiry, disgusting dude who wears like no shirt and a top hat and uh, no shoes, and I named him Meepus Tickler. <laughs> <laughs> Because that seems like the most terrifying possible thing you could run into in an MMO. This is true. Yeah. Uh, I feel so like if that you... name should be banned in, in multiple states or something. Yeah. I'm Meepus Tickler. Meepus Tickler. So if you say him, run. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine he talks like that. Yeah. Hangs out with Duke Lombardi. Yeah. <laughs> like a Gravity I mean, yeah. Falls character. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so we've got a lot of toys to talk about, and we'll dive into them right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. We're done with that in a day. We go to the next day we go to Animal Kingdom, which I'll call the shittiest park there ever was. Stop. <laughs> I love Animal Kingdom. I, I did we didn't actually go through and look at any of the animals. The, our whole goal was to get there early and ride the Avatar, the World of Pandora oh, rides. Yeah. Oh, see, that didn't I exist see. when we were yeah, there. Yeah, that wasn't there for That's us. It's, because, uh, fun fact, it's 2018, and they built a giant shrine to a movie no one's talked about since 2008. Yeah, and I and hate Avatar. I don't hate... Sam and I saw it together. Mm-hmm. We're on the same page. We do not hate this movie. We had a great time in this movie every time we saw it. All right. But something happened where, like, even I'm like... Yeah, I don't love this movie. Like, I, I, I didn't think it was a... I haven't felt compelled to go back and watch right. it again. And and so, like, walking that area of the park was kind of like if you were... One of us was, like, a teenager, and you walk into, like, a friend's room you've known for a while, and it's, like, all new kids on the block shit. I'm like, <laughs> dude, this is over. Like, I know. What, what are you doing? Well, like, they've promised, like, nine sequels, and it's been... I think we're coming up on a decade here next year since <laughs> it came out. I and think they, James Cameron said he shot them. There was still, Terrible. like, no one there except in the world of Pandora, yeah. where there was a gift shop where, if you didn't see the pictures I put on social media, where Charlie and I pretended to be the biggest Avatar fans in mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. uh, and I just looked at their wiki to find you as many like real world. You looked like a couple world. on your honeymoon, like, <laughs> was, two Avatar heads. But that's what we felt. We walked into this gift shop, and I'm like, dude, who the fuck is this for? They have a thing where you can stand in a full-body, like, casket. It'll scan your body and face and turn you into a... Navi, which is the proper pronunciation of this thing no one remembers! And it costs like $100. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash lasertime. And we're back to talk about what? Toys. toys. Yeah, killer toys, evil toys, <laughs> killer, so there it is. demonic toys that climb on rocks. Oh, I love demonic toys. I picked that up uh, for Halloween. For, really good movie. Which one? Demonic Toys. Oh, okay. it's too cool. You haven't heard of it. You're a dull master man. We know yeah. it. No, I'm I'm a Robin Williams <laughs> toys kind of guy. Oh, I am a big fan of that. Movie. Like to revel Thanks. in the weirdness for its own sake. Me too. And I want that Desert Storm gay god. Doc. God damn it, give mm-hmm. it to me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're we're edging toward that. One of these days, we're gonna find out. Like, oh no, Fortnite's been real this whole time. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> doubt being the key word. But anyway, let's jump in with number five. What the hell is that? Huh? The sound mix is kind of bad there, but that's a doll saying, I'm blow up Tommy. I can count backwards. Three, two, one, and then boom, and kills a guy. Uh, was this uh, from Condemned? This is from two? Condemned 2. A.K.A. a former FBI agent continually gets drunk and then hits maniacs in the face with a pipe. Works for me. It's a continuation of the first game. I am an FBI agent! (laughs) Sweet. Stop, booty! And I'm very depressed, and I have special powers, and this makes me more depressed. Special powers of observation. (laughs) What what game is this? This is Condemned 2. Oh, God, yes. Jesus Christ. Remember Condemned 2? So there is the Walker Doll Factory... 
Aha, Walker is a level that you can explore. And uh, it is populated by these creepy-ass baby dolls that can wander, can walk around on their own. Uh, if you hit them, they will sometimes bleed, implying that there might be more to their construction than just mechanical parts. And, uh, yeah, they, they just make horrible noises like this. Explosion noises, especially horrible. Okay. But yeah, they they blow up. But the reason that they're on this list, other than just being creepy, is that they are not just enemies. They can also be used as weapons. If you kick them over or find a box full of them, you can pick them up and uh, toss them as grenades by pulling their strings. <laughs> What's especially gross about them, they have kind of like this patchwork baby doll feel to them. And while you're holding them in front of your face, since this is an FPS and you do that at all times, like they will be moving their limbs around and kind of looking at you. If you hold them up to block, they'll do like a, a peekaboo thing where they, they cover their faces with their hands and then like stare at you. Michael just dabbed yeah. I, I, for the record. It's sort of a dab, oh my I guess. God! I didn't catch that, but that is what that was. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. It's a, it's a peekaboo thing. He <laughs> did it again. Damn it! Dabbed for real. Stop that dabbing. Time. Stop. Yeah. It's a right proper mess being in the middle of these. The boss is a crazy Harley Quinn kind of looking lady who uh, throws them at you, and you need to throw them at her, and lots of explosions all around. Eventually, seems like a weapon Harley Quinn would actually use. Yeah. You know, yeah, exploding yeah. dolls. I could say, did you ever play Condemned 2, Chris? Uh, I think I did because I, I weirdly enjoyed Condemned 1, even though it's a, it, like as a quality game, it's still a thoroughly unpleasant experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Condemned 2, I don't think I finished. I, I just remember Condemned 1 was, was Monolith, and they were sort of on a roll with the creepy uh, first person games, you know, because they were doing Fear at the time. When mm-hmm. I, I was at Vivendi, and they were, they were doing Fear for us. And um, yeah, it, it was just so weird that, you know, Condemned was sort of a must play. A, because it, I don't know if it was a launch title for like 360, but it was it around was, then. Yeah. It, it was one of the first out. And it was, I remember like being at that E3 where they were showing off the 360 and like, this is just a game about homeless people beating each other up. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> yes. And, and that was also infamously like, oh no, the, uh, quote unquote Xbox 360 dev kit they're running this on is actually two Apple Mac G5s chained together. Sure. Why sure. not? Yeah. Why not? No. So yeah, this, this was Monolith. I, I just confirmed. I, I think I don't remember if I played this or not, but, but the two games did blend together mm-hmm. for me so much. Like the, um, I believe it's a different lead character in everything though, right? No, it's, it is the same, the same, same guy. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's after like the events of the first game have just kind of left him very depressed and alcoholic and, uh, and, and, Traumatis- uh, traumatized, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like he is yeah. seriously screwed up. Extremely. Yeah. And and like there are these loudspeakers everywhere that are like hidden and making people go crazy. So like the city is overrun by maniacs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I do, I do remember this was a must play because it was also the first. These games were like the first of their kind. It was like the first first person melee. I mean, you got to think this is before Oblivion and Skyrim. So first person melee was actually pretty much a novelty at the time. And they did it pretty well. Like I remember it felt really good when you connected <laughs> like when you would yeah. swing a lead pipe and connect it was like oh you can feel the crunch in these games they're brutal yeah, yeah it still feels really bizarre that this had a sega logo on it it does you like sonic yeah. <laughs> here you go yeah here's your condemned the game is very gritty and dark and and everything looks grimy and nasty but uh it is not without its sense of humor 
Sir, can you tell me what you saw? Fuck yeah. I was over by that old doll factory taking a piss when out of the smoke comes what looked like a small, robotic doll-like original. What happened? The damn thing waved at me and then exploded. Not a little puff of smoke explosion, but a big-ass bring your eyebrows off kind of explosion. Fuck it, man! Uh, this, this was also an year where there were a lot of these kind of gross, grungy type games. So I mentioned, you know, Monolith was doing a lot of them. Like, like Fear, everything felt like it was either rusted or mildewy. Mm-hmm. And na- like, mm-hmm. you could smell your games. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so there was definitely that, like, time period between, like, 2005, 2008. The only other thing that dates this series even more is that both games starred Greg Grunberg of Heroes fame. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. He was your lead yeah. character. He was in uh, Force Awakens. Yes, that's right. He was. He's in every J.J. Abrams thing, they're best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it must be something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's move on to... Number four. <laughs> What are all those maniacal giggles? Demonic toys, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, this is, top five. this is specifically... <laughs> this is Tommy from uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Ah, yes, yes. Which is a game with many, many horror tropes just crammed in mm-hmm. to maze-like levels that you have to run around and rescue people in. Yeah, like roguelike levels, right? Wasn't it sort uh, of ahead I don't, of its time? I don't it's... think it uh, actually changes between playthroughs, but... It does kind of reuse the same level templates a lot. Like, oh, you're in the suburbs now. Like, here's another suburb level. Here's another one. Here's another one. Well, to be fair, they're all track houses, so they would have the same layouts. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. That's true. But you're running around with nothing to defend yourself with but a squirt gun and some 3D glasses and maybe a rocket launcher or two. That's all you need back in the Mm -hmm. 90s. But uh, Tommy shows up in, in again, a doll factory. Yeah, just starts spawning everywhere. The problem with these things are, like, little dolls clearly based on Chucky except that they all swing huge hatchets mm-hmm. and they all make that cackling noise when they appear and they're they're especially they're a problem if they manage to swarm you which you know you want to avoid at all costs which is difficult because you've got like chainsaw maniacs and hockey masks sawing down walls and trying to get at you but um, one thing I noticed that was sort of interesting about this and I'm not sure why it is is that the, the dolls sound different whether you're on Super Nintendo <laughs> Or Genesis. I mean, there's sort of more of a Busta Rhymes, woo-ha kind of thing. <laughs> it's got you all it's, in check. It's that FM modulation, man. That's, that's yeah. because the Genesis, instead of a sound chip, uh, they used one of those Radio Shack Flash Gordon props that shot electricity. <laughs> that's right. And it varied from unit to unit. It all sounded different. The Tumblr meme I saw being spread around Genesis, Genesis, what Nintendo Genesis? I don't know. I don't go on Tumblr anymore for <laughs> obvious reasons. Uh, yep, no more porn. It's the worst. Yeah. I, I thought I said they that. were obvious reasons. <laughs> well, just you're not going to see, in case gonna see any more of my my pregnant Neopets porn. <laughs> There it is. That's, That's what I was going for. You're welcome. There's like five more days left still. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> the 17th. Little secret. I never went on Tumblr before anyway. What's Tumblr? I thought it was a gymnasium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like where you take your kids. Oh, no, that's yeah. Gymboree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you do know it's, yeah, it's got to be founded around here somewhere because it's missing vowels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyone have any fond memories of Zombies Ate My Neighbors? Uh, Chris, didn't you stream this? We did. If you look at our YouTube channel, we did showcase the last level, which is really cute. Um, 
that we we used a code to get to it just so we could see it though. But it's interesting because it, the last level takes place in Lucas uh, Lucas Arts office. Oh really? That's so, right. This was Lucas Arts. Yeah. Instead of a credits list, you can just kind of go to everyone's desk and like play a game. Uh, <laughs> play a game. Go into everyone's desk. Pictures of sprite pictures of George Lucas up everywhere. Nice. Oh, uh, cool. Pretty clever. Nice. Very, very funny and ahead of its time, and um, I didn't play this until much, much, much later. And even then, I played it on Super Nintendo, and I'm just, I'm just sad it didn't have that, uh, that game over blood streak that, that only the Genesis had. Hmm. You got a big purple goo thing instead of blood. Ah, uh, yeah, Nintendo. because Nintendo. Yep. Because Nintendo. Yeah. I just remember renting this at a Blockbuster over and over again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my fun memory. Yeah. The actual <laughs> rental. I can't remember the game at all. But. Well, like the game is the game is not very Nintendo or Genesis. It feels almost like you can see some of their PC roots because there's, there's never like a walk right until you finish. It's always every level has this different thing to do and find, mm-hmm. and I find myself charmed by that and infuriated by it at the same time. Yep. Sometimes you're just rescuing neighbors. Sometimes you're fighting a giant baby that you then need to rescue after it shrinks down yes. to normal size. Titanic toddler, anybody? Nope, nothing. Blank stairs. Okay. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on then. Number three. That music doing anything for anybody? Making me wish I uh, never grew up in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that music is called "Dancing Calbrena," and it oh, is, okay. is specifically referring to one boss in Final Fantasy IV that is a bunch of creepy ass dolls that come to life, uh, block the the route to a MacGuffin you're trying to get to, and it's like six dolls that come to life, and when you start to defeat them, they like merge into one grotesque baby doll. That like has weird princess hair and a tiara for some reason, but is otherwise naked, and so you can see all its nasty joints. Um, mm. Yeah, that's dude. I swear, when you came up with this idea, I was like, surely there is a game where a bunch of dolls form to form one big giant grotesque thing, yeah. and I couldn't fucking find it. And it, this is like the one pre Final Fantasy X game I played a lot of, and I just I totally spaced on it. Yeah. This yeah. is the enemy so Dang. nice they named it thrice. Yeah, well. It it was like Kakuro Brena uh, in original Japanese. So it's, it's been pr- translated. Originally, it was Calbrena. Uh, since then, it's been either Calcabrena or Calcabrina. Uh, it was Calcabrina in Final Fantasy XIV when the boss showed up again, this time with uh, marginal voice acting. <laughs> and then it kicks. <laughs> Nope. And, the giggles uh, were I just nope the fuck yeah, out. Like, yeah. No thanks. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, then you have to fight the giant, grotesque uh, baby monster version in, in real time and in 3D. And uh, when it dies, its face goes through a bunch of weird contortions. It's got, like, those mechanical eyes that, like, you know, dolls that, like, you lay them flat and they close their eyes. It, it looks like that with, like, a marionette mouth or, or a ventriloquist dummy mouth. And it sounds like this. Oh, my God. 
include that victory jingle just for the choral singing. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's great. That yeah. Be that, yeah, that's from the more modern version. That, that sounds really cool, though. Yeah. Well, that's FF14, the MMO. Oh, the, the MMO. Yeah, okay, so yeah. this is an MMO boss. Oh. Um, and it, although it did appear in the DS remake, obviously, as it did everything else in Final Fantasy IV. Oh, okay. But, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, aren't you proud? You just made all those kids cry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is. It was in in like when when did this come out? Ninety two, something like that. It was super creepy back then, and it's still vaguely unsettling now with that. Uh, this is the organ music and the. Yeah. Yeah, it's the freaky fucking calliope, mm-hmm. traumatic carnival music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, they must have had, like, someone there who was obsessed with that, because even if you think of, like, Six, right? Like, the main enemy in Six is sort of very clown-like, and his music... Oh, yeah, is, Kefka. Yeah, Kefka's music is very, like, circus-like or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Kefka's more like the Joker if he lived in the Renaissance. It's yeah, I mean, like he, he's got the, the Harlequin and, yeah. look to mm-hmm. him, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. Number two. I know this boy so well. He couldn't save his sexy doll. He ended up in hell. As far as Texas young men go, he's chicken through and through. There is no bigger coward, no. That is is one of the worst songs ever recorded (laughs) in a game with terrible dialogue. It sounds like Yukon Cornelia stripping. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is that? Well, you're closer than you realize. (laughs) This is this is from Illbleed during a chapter or so. Illbleed is you're at this uh, theme park where the attractions can kill you. And this particular attraction is the latest episode of Toy Hunter, but now it's a, an attraction. And Toy Hunter is like this universe's Toy Story, but it's also kind of like Indiana Jones. And uh, it centers on Cork, who looks like if you dressed Woody up as Indiana Jones and put a beard on him. Um, <laughs> That's fucking bizarre. Especially yeah. if you were if I you were just at Disney World like me mm-hmm. and uh, Indiana Jones and Toy Story are there. Yeah. But if, if you had any inkling that this is something for kids, well, the, the appearance of Sexy Doll should knock that idea right out of your head. Oh, Sexy Doll. <clears throat> Welcome home, darling. How was Mexico? Oh, it was horrible. Tell me this story later, in bed, if you dare. <laughs> so, sexy doll, the object of Quark's affection, is it like okay? Imagine uh, just a plastic figurine of a stripper bending over, but it's like adjusted for to give you the idea that you're like staring at a, her ass in close up. So it's like huge ass, like adjusted for perspective with like tiny body coming off of it. Um, oh, I need to get back to Tumblr. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting a mental image. Can you stand up and just show us what no, you mean? No, I can't. Okay. Twerk a little for the yeah, man, Michael. She's, <laughs> she's kind of touching her toes. She's wearing a thong. And it's like, uh, this uh, this is a video game, huh? Uh, sure. <laughs> well, I, this, I don't think I had game. any patience for games like this back then. And I think <laughs> I have even less nowadays. Yeah. So, um. Dude, well, that, that's I swear, we, we streamed this uh, a Halloween or two ago. Um, I don't think you could make a game this weird if you try. No. <laughs> it, it is it is really fun 
to watch and play. Uh, just because it's, I don't know, not, on a, not I can't even compare it to anything else. It's not like Deadly Premonition, but like, I mean, they really went batshit crazy with this premise. Yeah. Well, it's by the same studio that made Blue Stinger, the, the Dreamcast oh. launch game. Oh, I actually like that I did game. play that one, yeah. Yeah, which was... I mean, my save corrupted, so I don't know that it, I don't know if it turns out to be horrible, but I'm still mad at that game. The second Dreamcast game I ever bought I on mean, launch day. I mean, I... Well, if you're, if you're talking about Blue Stinger, I don't know, but Ill Bleed I absolutely loved. Um, it's this weird horror comedy game, and yeah, like you said, absolutely batshit, and part of that batshitness is, like, supported by the, the strangeness of the localization, that it's, like, <laughs> somewhere between Japanese weirdness, like, trying to mimic American weirdness, and you've got all these translation errors like you've got this was around the time of like the 99 godzilla uh coming mm-hmm. out so you've got these big posters that say godla sizes problem uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the level of translation we're dealing with nice. um you've got you've got some very very strange voice acting and it kind of ramps up to 11 here because cork is informed after he's like this is like episode 14 of toy hunter in this universe something like that and it's like oh he's been traveling back from Mexico for many months to get back to the boy who owns him, Henry, and you find out Henry is very sick, and you get to watch Henry die in a really gross close-up. Cork, I love you. You're my favorite. Oh, my head hurt. I guess I changed my mind. I do have uh, patience for this. (laughs) It sounds like Homer going crazy in the Shining parody. (laughs) Like, yeah, his face just like twitches really fast. And then it's just like, oh, now it's all rotting and covered in maggots. And Cork's like, oh, my. Sexy doll. (laughs) This is one of those games I wish somebody would re-release, but I'm sure it's all caught up in localization weirdness and music rights. Yeah. I, I don't know, just because, like, I don't know, the controls are still somewhat solid, and it's so fucking bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the level we streamed is just involves you fighting a a baseball-themed robot who has oh, gone insane. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's that's just the first one. That's uh, Mr. Right. Bambello or something. And, yeah. And, yeah, like, that, that's the... The conceit that, like, all of these attractions are robots, so, like, most of the boss fights just end with, like, technicians arguing with each other as the ride malfunctions. Mm. And, uh... Yeah, I think yeah. That there's weird brilliance buried in oh, this yeah. game. absolutely. I, I, Is this our only entry that actually has a creepy doll on the cover? Because this one did uh, have... Yeah, it might be. Like, total creepy doll trope So right that, cover, that yeah. creepy doll on the cover of Illbleed actually pulls double duty... Because in one of the levels, she's like a stalker character who you need to, you know, play hide and seek with and avoid. And in this level, she's like Cork's friend who tells him, like, oh, Henry's in so much trouble. And so Henry dies and his mother, in her grief, puts Sexy Doll into the coffin with Henry to to comfort him in the afterlife. And Henry's buried and Sexy Doll goes to hell where she is held captive by Zodic the Hellhog. What? Is this, this one we're going to get to this? also went to hell? Is, is that uh, I, I the way we're supposed so, to take that? Yes. Okay. But, uh, is this, you're just remembering Westworld season two. <laughs> That's all this is. <laughs> this is some of that. But yeah, like legit giant demonic Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, parody, and this is, is on the Dreamcast, right? Yes, this yeah. is on Dreamcast. Okay. So cool. Sega's home system. Sega was cool with it. 
But so uh, Cork becomes despondent. Uh, you hear that uh, some some eggs with arms uh, pop up at a bar and sing that song about him that you heard at the beginning about how he's a coward. So he gets angry and and shoots them. A bunch of police cars show up and arrest him. Just the cars arrest him. There's no cops inside. <laughs> and uh, then he's he's on death row. But his friend Potadon or like Potato Don, uh, who's like. Imagine if Buzz Lightyear was just a rocket. Like, yeah. that's what this character would be. <laughs> and he tells Cork that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. What are you talking about? According to the toy Bible I read a long time ago, you gotta help it sure if you're executed. See? You mean I can rendezvous with Sexy Doll if I hang me? Yep, that's the deal. Yeehaw! <laughs> Don't get too excited. Isn't it time for an execution? <laughs> There's a snake in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. So this is where it gets. If you didn't think it was already needlessly complicated, mm-hmm. it gets mm-hmm. even more so because Cork is about to be hanged and he's elated, and all of a sudden, Potato shows up, cuts the rope, and rescues him. After you left, I checked the toy Bible again, and I realized I remembered it wrong. You see, the type of hell in which sexy doll is being held is called toy hell. It's the hell toys go through if the toys get buried in the grave along with its owner. If you die in any other way, you just go to plain old hell, which is not what sexy doll is waiting for you. That wouldn't have been Yeah, that was close, my friend. I like the talking over each other. It's a rare moment of genuineness yes. from the dialogue. <laughs> it's probably just some editor's mistake. Yeah, probably yeah just... probably. Wow. This is maybe the weirdest game I've yeah. ever heard of. Uh-huh. So I haven't quite gotten to the killer part yet of this equation because, you know, there are toys trying to kill you. Uh-huh. You are killing uh-huh. toys. But uh, you are a killer toy yourself because Potato says, like, Oh, hey, there's this kid I saw who's really sick. Go get adopted by him, and then you'll get buried with him. And instead, uh, you get a fit, healthy kid who just grabs you off the street, and uh, Potato shows up, and he's very nonplussed. What the? That's not the kid I was talking about. He's healthy as hell. You can't meet with Sexy Doll until you get buried in a coffin. Oh, yeah. You're right. Gosh. What would you do without me, hmm? That's it! Here, we can use this and shoot that kid. <laughs> I gotta respect this guy's dedication to the character. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, I feel like this game is, like, daring swurry, like, all right, like, see if you can be weirder than me, right? Like, this this is, like, the game that started things like, okay, Swery, create Deadly Premonition. You cannot beat this. Like, you can never surpass the weirdness of this game. No, and I don't, I'm not sure that Deadly Premonition did, and if it did, it did it in a way that was much more drawn out and uh, kind of difficult to discover than this, which is comparatively very compact. So, yes, they, they get a ray gun, and even though Potadon says, like, oh, we'll just knock him out, we won't actually kill him, uh, the kid is knocked out, his parents presume he is dead, and then he is buried, again, presumably alive, which, like, that's so much worse. Cork, <laughs> uh, imme- like, the coffin just immediately rockets to hell, and Cork finally gets to face off against uh, Zodic, or as he says it, Zodic. How I missed you, honey, but don't come over here, darling. Sexy doll! <laughs> 
This monster makes short work of you. Zodic! You cannot get away with this, you mother! <laughs> <laughs> you mother! <laughs> If nothing else, I mean, we have some really good audio drops now. So we have Sexy Doll, we have uh, You Mother. Like, this, this, this is the gift that keeps yep, on yep, giving. Yep, absolutely. Happy holidays, Michael. <laughs> sexy Doll. Sexy Doll. Yeah, you sexy mother. Am I using this right? My- He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Sexy Doll. Hey, yeah. so I hope that's a plug for a Laser Time's Black Exploitation. <laughs> Damn episode. right. It's a good one. But yeah, yeah. long story short, you fight Zodic. Uh, he has a roll attack and he loses rings when you shoot him, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaks down at the end of the fight, but then there's a problem. The technicians are talking. It's like, oh, well, I, it's set wrong so that he has like uh, nine times as many rings. And uh, they start saying like, oh, you'll, you'll have to beat him nine more times. Yeah. And I'm like, but... No, don't make them beat them nine more times. They won't survive that. And then while they're arguing, like, Potato shows up and just like, yeah, let's just get out of here. Let's just leave. I'm so confused. So this is this is all taking place in a horror theme park. So all, yes. all of it's... All of it is fake, presumably like animatronics. Friend. It's never entirely clear if you're dealing with animatronics or people in costumes or actual monsters. But everything can kill you. As we all know... Humanity yeah. are the true monsters, yeah. Michael. We know this. That's true. Well, the the technicians start arguing. It's like, well, this is why I didn't want to work with a, a former wood puppet, which are like these wooden dummies that come to life. They look like wooden artist models in one of the levels, and they attack you. And like, well, you're a monkey from this same level, and uh, you're an idiot too. It's like, so this game has everything. Yeah, and I I think they might just all be animatronics or something, and. The guy running it all might be an alien. It's it's so This whole segment strange. was a fever dream to me, Michael. It, yes. I want to believe this didn't happen. Well, Micah, if... can you pinch me? Am I actually <laughs> awake during any of... Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if that was a fever dream, then what's this? You're in big trouble. Happy birthday! So this is the most on-theme entry on this list, Mm -hmm. because this is Tattletale, and Tattletale is about uh, opening your Christmas presents early, (laughs) and the consequences (laughs) thereof. (laughs) Oh, shit, yeah. So... What? Why have I never heard uh, of it? Well, it's an indie game, and it's... One of those games that kind of seems engineered specifically to make PewDiePie scream on camera. Yeah, first first person horror, you're defenseless. And not only are you defenseless, but m- through most of the game, you are carrying a what's basically a parody of a Furby that has needs that will continually need to be filled. And if they aren't met, then he'll make a bunch of noise, which um, at first... Does nothing. It's just an inconvenience. Uh, spoiler: You don't actually have parents that can be woken up, uh, or at least they never will wake up. But after the first couple of nights, you hear a strange grinding noise in the basement, and you go to investigate it. And there, in a dusty corner, is what looks like a really big version of the Tattletale with, like, a tape deck in front. Oh, this happens in 1998 also, so there's, like, lots of analog tape weirdness. Mm. So you go up to it, and you put the tape in it, and this happens. 
children thought that Mama would never find them as long as she couldn't see them. Turn the page. But Mama could still hear the children. The pitter-patter of their little feet led Mama right to them. So this mm. thing, Mama, will stalk you through the rest of the game. Mm. And it can teleport, and it will follow any sounds you make. So if you are holding the tattletale and it's making noise, it will zoom right in on you. If it's dark, the tattletale will start making noise. It'll start going like, ah, 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 nonstop. Uh, you have a flashlight, but you have to shake it to recharge it. The shaking makes a bunch of noise. So you have to, like, run away from wherever Mama is, and you can see just, like, these two red lights shining in the darkness to know where it is. It's a little bit terrifying. <laughs> and this game keeps throwing different challenges at you night after night. So, like, you know, first it's just like, yeah, meet the Tattletale's needs to keep it quiet. And then it's just like, oh, here's another Tattletale. It wants to play hide-and-seek. Uh why don't you try surviving for a minute and a half while it hides and the lights go out and uh, all your tattletales need suddenly uh, drop to zero and it starts shrieking and uh, there's eyes coming closer. Oh my god. Me tattletale, me love you. Mama's coming. <laughs> Mama hates you. And things happen like you... Uh, find a tattletale in the bedroom and then you know oh wait while it hides and then it's like what's that mama yes the bedroom oh, that's okay come on and like ah fucking mm -hmm. i'm confused this isn't how all of your teddy rock spins work when you were kids <laughs> no but uh, here we go chris i'll plug for you i think you guys just covered on 30 2010 this is takes place in the year yeah. 1998 that is when furby came out so they're oh, yeah. straight up ripping furby but i will say mm -hmm. analog tape like we had cds by 1998 yeah that's yeah. what we had cds i think we had dvds yes. um but yeah that you can watch a commercial for tattletale and it like has like weird tracking errors and it's like the tape got warped at some point but like <laughs> this wasn't it's spookier that way yeah the scene page has a description that says pure 90s virtual pet yeah. <laughs> that's and, a good way to put it wonderful yeah, yeah. no it's i mean we have five nights at freddy's really to thank for games like this oh yeah this came absolutely. out a couple years after the original five nights Kick started a whole genre i mean yeah the, the whole genre here is this is let's figure out how we can do jump scares by throwing people things in the dark and that whole recharge your flashlight mechanic mm -hmm. is very much just like okay yeah that's yeah, that's it's, a thing it's like a dark and... surreal nightmare thing yeah, that like yeah. this would never happen in real life but here you are i i, I don't want to poo poo it because in any other decade this wouldn't be a $5 game. This would be a full-price, terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. absolutely. <laughs> and, and yeah, like I, I follow some of the people who were behind making it, and they're all great. And uh, this, there, there's a lot of creativity on display here. Like, it is, for what it is, it's kind of amazing. It's got very positive reviews to mm -hmm. this day. No, I, I don't mean to shit on this genre. Like, for me, though, I just, I cannot play these. I've tried playing Five Nights at Freddy's. I am a wuss. I yeah, don't like same. jump scares. I'm just, no, I, I, I just basically have to stop playing because even, like, it'll just get too tense before I even get scared. It's just yeah. like, it, I mean, that's what they play off of, which is it's the tension of thinking you might get scared at any minute, which is mm -hmm. what any good horror movie does. But, like... It is. It feels so cheap. Like, yeah, they're they're cheap scares, but they still totally work. And yeah, I am. 
I am totally scared of them. I will admit it. So have you never played Five Nights at Freddy's? I've tried. I've, yeah. I've tried for Cause like I, a Because I'm, I'm very... I'm a big scaredy cat. I'm, yeah. I'm scared of the dark. Like I, But Five Nights at Freddy's is only scary until you get scared a few times. And then you're like, oh, okay. This, yeah, that's really. not a scary thing. Well, anymore. like once you realize yeah. that like, well, all these things can really do is jump scare me and then send me back. And to then the send last you back to a checkpoint. Yeah. It's just a noise. Yeah. You say you that like a big man, down. but we have a stream of you playing yeah. this game. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that eventually we'd probably get used to it. Chris, it's just what he tells himself to get over his fears. Go, go play Alien Isolation yeah. and then yeah, uh, that's yeah. the same feeling, mm-hmm. but it's actually always scary the whole yeah. time. It's yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's the key. Like this, this kind of keeps it things scary by switching up the goals and the conditions on you. Uh, whereas, uh, I also played another game called Emily Wants to Play that was sort oh, yeah. of similar to this, where it's like you're trapped in a house with uh, a little demonic girl and her three demonic toys, and like over the your your goal is to survive the night, and as the night progresses, like new toys will be introduced and. Each of them operate by different rules. There's one that uh, is sort of like will only move move if you're looking away from her. Okay. Uh, so it's a lot like the Weeping Angels. There's like this clown who, like, if he shows up, you need to stop moving immediately, or he'll attack you. And then there's another one that uh, just chases you, and you have to run away. So, and once they all start showing up, then you have to be able to switch between these tactics. I just want to speak to the poor soul who bought this thinking it was the sequel to Emily Was Away mm. and was severely <laughs> disappointed. Emily Was Away, Emily Wants to Play. <laughs> right. It's like the Mockbuster. Oh, good! Uh, I don't want to yeah. spoil Emily Was Away, but... <laughs> that game, she doesn't want to play. Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of jump scares... <laughs> not as scary in audio, but I'm sure no. I'd be terrified while yeah, playing it's, these things. Yeah, it's when when that thing's face is filling up your screen. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's oh, kind of spooky. There's nothing more terrifying than turning a Furby on after several years of dormancy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you abandoned me, <laughs> I, dude. I think that's the story I told on thirty twenty ten. I was seeing a girl, picked up a Furby. She's like, "No, don't!" <laughs> I woke it up, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't go back to sleep. It like remembered oh, everything. God. Where have you been? Where have you? It was. It was it's, crazy. It's like it's like you evoke in Skynet or something like that. Like, the way you tell that story, like no, I've been sleeping in hell. Millennium. God, that's yeah. It's it's like every setup to like later Friday the Thirteenth movies, right? It's just like what elaborate way can we uh, bring Jason back to life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is a plug for Elm Street Nightmare season two, which is ah, only available oh. on patreoncom slash time. Over. Get it in there. Um, I do want to... I have a little... ...here, which uh, I was originally on the list, and then I realized, like, well, these these toys don't actually kill. Mm-hmm. But there was... Uh, has anybody played Alone in the Dark 2? The, I have, yeah, actually, the yeah. The old Atari Infogrames adventure, uh, which is marginally a horror game prototype sort of Resident Evil, but not really. Um, but in that game, a little girl is kidnapped named Grace Saunders. And uh, for Christmas, they released a bonus disc. Before there was DLC, here's a little bonus adventure where you play as the little girl, Grace, as uh, she enters a mysterious toy shop on Halloween.
So that cackling is uh, the big bad of this 10-minute experience, who's a uh, jack-in-the-box named One-Eyed Jack, mm. shares his name uh, with uh, the the villain of Alone in the Dark 2, and I should say now <laughs> that the name of this bonus episode is Jack in the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. This is but, perfect. But it is actually uh, sort of adorable, as as Matt said, in that you're, there's no combat. You're just running around solving puzzles. You will be attacked by puppets and other sinister toys, but they don't really seem to attack you so much as they just wave their arms around and scream and make you cry. <laughs> Aww. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, uh, s- somehow these, these toys have uh, kidnapped Santa Claus, and they have him in the back room in a jail cell made of candy canes. So your your job is to eliminate all the toys, either by making them slip on oil or using a drum to lead them back into a toy box. Or in the case of One-Eyed Jack, uh, feed him a stick of candy and then show him his reflection so that he disappears. <laughs> and you can rescue Santa. Or if you somehow run out of hit points, you will be locked in the cell with him and get the bad ending. Uh, Santa's a hell of a cellmate, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's been our top five. <laughs> all right, I, I have my no love for Clockwork Knight. Yeah, that game's all that about, is about toys. Toys. We we thought of games like Toy Commander, where you're yeah. fighting toys, but you're you're a toy in mm-hmm. that case. This, and you're fighting other toys. The spirit of this was more like toys come to life. I I had my my zero entry, which was um, Handsome Tom from Earthbound, mm-hmm. who also had the palette swap of uh, Smile and Sam. Yeah, they were like more like evil marionettes, which is like this whole subgenre thing, which is clearly inspired by like that Twilight Zone ventriloquist dummy mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's a whole other thing of terrifying nightmare. Yeah, and they all do look like the puppet on Pee Wee's Playhouse, like the uh, yeah, yeah, Randy. Rand- I think his yeah, name think was yeah. Randy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. of the the um, Poltergeist doll oh, earlier, God, yeah. like that basically shows up at the beginning of Alone in the Dark, uh, in that it like yeah comes to life and strangles a guy who's trying to rescue Grace and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really the only time it shows up, just like in a cut scene at the beginning. I will say, if you're like me, and that traumatized you as a kid, I went back and watched that scene on YouTube the other day just because Michael and I were chatting about it. It is so not scary anymore. Like, yeah. go back. You'll get over that fear yeah. right away. It is. like I always was scared of the tree more than the... Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, well, doesn't that scene all happen around yeah, the same time? Yeah, it's just the, the tree always freaked me out I, I grew up in the forest so it was oh, like, oh, trees oh, scratching oh, at your wow, window wow. is like a yeah, yeah. real thing and yeah yeah i imagine watching it now it's like you look closely you can see like oh jim henson's under there puppeteering <laughs> it okay true uh-huh. so so i i uh was thinking about this one uh this list here and it's uh i think i was approaching it from a slightly different angle i don't think i'm enough of a horror aficionado ah. to be thinking about killer dolls and things like that uh so my mind went to teddy bears immediately Aww. and the uh the teddies from conquer's bad fur day ah okay oh, yeah. those are, are uh, you know there's some very deep lore to conquer's bad fur day i don't know if, <laughs> if you all are aware but they are you know the the tools of uh, the evil dictators in the Milk Wars that preceded the events of the game. Right. Um, and then they, they are like the Nazi stand-ins right. for you during the first-person oh, shooter portions of the game. Teddies! I hate these guys. <laughs> um, War. Milk War. Yeah. Milk War never changes. They, they recreate the Saving Private Ryan intro uh, in on the Nintendo 64 with squirrels that's, and teddy bears. That's right. Yeah. I, I, all I remember is there was a singing poop. 
that we uh, it was featured in nice. one of our episodes about singing villains. I, right? I just remember like the the erudite teddies who were standing around, it's like, "What if you took this game and put it into the hands of fifty <laughs> or sixty people? Like, what would it do exactly? What would it do?" And then they like see, it's like, "Oh, get into character." <laughs> clearly, it's worth arguing the merits of both sides of the argument uh-huh, between clearly. Me and- <laughs> teddy bears and conquer. Uh-huh. When you said teddy bears, I thought you were going to talk about naughty bear, which is like. One of my favorite uh, Jason Voorhees simulators, but disguised <laughs> as teddy bears murdering each other. Uh, the other teddy bear uh, that caught my fancy was Sunshine from Chibi Robo. If yeah. any of you have yeah, played we, we, Chibi, we Robo. About Chibi Robo, yeah, yeah the there that. is a sort of a psychopathic teddy bear in that that's addicted to nectar. And uh, flips out on you when it starts to go through withdrawal and demands oh, that you deliver nectar to it. Oh, man. Um, See, and that's a very remember... terrifying uh, moment in that game. I don't remember Chibi Robo's toys being, like, malevolent, but maybe I didn't get very far. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that's one of the only ones in that game like that. You know, you meet, like, the mummy toy that is uh, trying to be scary and can't pull it off. And, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, that's been our top five. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some whole shit ton of new releases. Stop uh, releasing games. It's, it's December. December. The words have already happened. <laughs> Please. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll talk about new releases, news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. <laughs> Let's get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1988. This week, um, I want to see if anybody, this ticks a box for anybody, uh, Married with Children, the camping show, otherwise known as Period Peace. So Married with Children was always a controversial show. This was to be the season premiere, and the only thing the censors managed to do about it was to move it out of the premiere schedule and take away the title. The Bundys going on a camping trip mm-hmm. and trying not to invite the women, but they all come along anyway. They walk they walk in to the cabin. All the women, women are there looking incredibly frustrated and mad. Hey, girls! Oh, no. <laughs> what is it, Al? Period, Steve. Three of them. All three at once. What do they do? Give it to each other? Actually, it's an interesting phenomenon that happens quite often. I read they did a study of a girls' college dormitory, and most of the women wound up menstruating at the same time. <laughs> it's actually been debunked. I And I don't think it can happen over the period of a road trip. No, certainly like, not. Like, I 
actually applaud married with children for even talking about periods <laughs> because most well, most written. of pop culture doesn't and more people should. It was written by two women who had read about the phenomenon. Yeah. Like, we should make a thing about huh. that. Uh, but the censors were very uncomfortable with it. So they, they made them change the title of the show from period piece to the camping show. That's so <laughs> dumb. That's why in period commercials we still have a blue liquid <laughs> oh, like yeah. poured onto a pad. Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LazerTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to our final segment where we will waste no time in getting to that mountain, mountain of... Oh my gosh, I feel like I've said this is like the last big week for releases uh, like three times now and I've been I've been increasingly weeks. wrong each time. Yep. This has been nuts. Yep. So, I, and I, there's only, I would say, one huge title this week, but there yes. are a lot of still very good games this mm-hmm. week. Absolutely. So, uh, Smash. That's Smash the, Brothers yeah. Ultimate. Smash! Yep. So, did you pick that up? No. No. I did. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I did. Listeners of the show might know I have a rep for calling this a brawler for babbies, which of course I'm just joking. But like, I've, I'm, I'm in all seriousness, like I've just Smash has never really done it for me. Like every time I've ever bought a Smash game, I play it for two or three hours, and then I put it down and I never pick it up again. You know, because I'm a single player gamer. Yeah. Which if well, all you ever do is play single player, Smash isn't really the game. For I you. feel like this is the polar opposite of uh, Smash Wii U 3DS because like those games were like amazing multiplayer games, but yeah. if you just wanted a single player experience, they're gone. Yeah. There, there wasn't really much to get into. This is sort of the opposite in that not only is the single player uh, a very big part of it, but uh, you will need to unlock almost all of the characters uh, by fighting them. Yeah. Whether in the single player, um, what's it, World of Light? World of Light, yes. Or in in Smash, just against the computer, and they will like pop up in the rotation every so often, like a new challenger, and yeah. that's your chance. If you beat them, you get to keep them. Right. And apparently, there's like an, a hidden menu item where if you don't beat them, you can still go into it's some. It's really menu. bizarre though, because yeah. that doesn't pop up all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get beaten by someone. And you just can't get them for a huh. while, and it's it must be time based, but it's also based on beating the adventure mode, or mm-hmm. sorry, the classic mode. Yeah. So you have to run through classic mode to get that to proc again, but Cause, cause it still way, doesn't always proc. That's the other way you can unlock characters, right? Is you yes, can unlock so your classic. A run or the through world classic mode will get the new challenger approaching. So will eight minutes of play time, or every eight minutes, you can proc them again if you're playing the multiplayer Smash. I found the most efficient way was just play World of Light and forget about trying to unlock the characters. Mm-hmm. I get them progressively as I go yeah. through that, and whenever I would think of it, I'd back out of World of Light and I get the new challenger approaching, fight someone, lose a lot of those fights, unfortunately, <laughs> and then yeah. feel like, oh my well, god, how many times am I going to fight Day 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 before I can unlock this jerk? Uh, is well, it is it like if you beat World of Light though you will have unlocked all seventy characters? I or? mean, uh, it has to be like that, but that. I, I so I'm like 20 hours into World of Light. Okay, I yeah, know that I'm still a ways away, but I only probably have 35 maybe unlocked for World of Light. Yeah. Now I have everyone unlocked for for regular Smash, but uh, World of Light specifically, like it takes a while to get the characters through there. Yeah, it's it's really interesting too because like it's kind of hard and 
I don't know. I don't think any game has started you with this few characters. It's eight. Yeah. It's the original it's eight, the, right? OG From, eight, and then the first one you get is the first one you unlocked in '64, NES. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Wasn't wasn't Samus even part of the original? Yeah, yeah. The original roster. Yeah. she's not available in the beginning. Uh, isn't she I one think, of the eight? I think so. I'm she's pretty sure available. She is. Wait, like she in classic? What the fuck, dude! <laughs> I know, I know. I think she's in today. classic Smash, but like World of Light is right. World just of Light, Kirby. It, it's just Kirby, yeah. and then you get your choice of Marth, uh, Villager, or Zero Suit Samus. I believe, mm-hmm. or Sheik. Sorry, Sheik. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Boy, did I? Make, I think it's interesting asking me to because like I didn't love Smash until I found a couple characters I could play with. Yep, and then it's just like. Here, get good with Villager. And I'm like, do I have to? <laughs> but it gives you Marth right away. Yeah. And that's probably the most efficient way to grind I'm, through there. I'm kind I, of a Marth main right now. I, I feel like if people are having trouble, like just go the Marth path. And like, that's it's a lot easier. Uh, also, like, there, there's so much variance in the, the difficulty level in World of Light. There's mm-hmm. like, you know, your trash mobs, like for most of that mode, uh, mm-hmm. where it's just like kind of a waste of time. You're just sort of grinding through it. But and I, then I, there's I, ones that you'll get stuck stuck on them for an hour but i've yeah. heard i've heard that the difficulty is tied to some of the challenges right because isn't that's where you unlock like the spirits which are sort yes. of like the mm-hmm. buffs that that are also like the cool part for like nintendo fans because the spirits are really like the stuff which is like hey check it out this is this cool reference to old school gaming yeah here's here's megaman.exe or charlotte owlin yeah. from castlevania bloodline but they yeah, have I mean, like weird conditions. individual spirits in the game aren't spoilers right like you, you, are your listeners gonna get I mad if i so. mention some late game spirits i mean they've been <laughs> people have been tweeting this shit for yeah days, i know because yeah. yeah. like yeah at, at some point in that game you start getting some really cool spirits so on, on the the theme of killer toys i've been running with gino as my main attack spirit nice um, nice and he's pretty bomb and the way it works is you have your like primary spirit and then you have support spirits mm. the primary spirits have a rock paper scissors sort of thing there's grab ones block ones or shield ones and attack ones uh and so you have to choose the right one for the particular challenge that you're doing but it tells you ahead of time what the what your opponent's spirit's uh, affiliation is on that rock, paper, scissors sort of thing. And then also, like, what the different conditions are for that battle. Mm. Um, and then you go and you just prep the spirits that you're running so that they can sort of counter what's going on in that level. Yeah. And that's what makes the game a little too easy most of the time, I'd say, is that, like, I got... Uh, I got a spirit, a support spirit that made me giant for the start of the match, like you're giant for the first 10 oh, seconds wow. or so. And I just have been using that for 15 hours because almost everything is made trivial by running that giant thing. And the ones that aren't, like, those are really hard anyway. <laughs> and, that, so. and those are the challenges, though, where they're like, what I've heard is they're, they're like... They're like bending the engine as far as they can before it breaks, where they will like set it up almost to play like those classic games in some scenarios. Yeah, I mean, the idea is to go after the essence of whatever spirit you're going after there. So they'll pair the spirit up with a, a fighter that sort of makes sense for that spirit, and they'll have it colored the right way, and the challenge may be tweaked a little bit so that it makes sense. But honestly, like, I'm a huge Nintendo fan, and I don't. I don't get the reference. Oh, like, really? <laughs> so much of the time, I don't get what they're trying to reference with them. And I just say, well, I like that song, so that's cool. Sure. Yeah. The, the music starts playing from the stage select, so it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, that. I mean, this is like total Nintendo fan service. Like, they've outdone themselves, is yeah, what I've yeah, heard. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, there, there's the fact that if you're this huge Nintendo fan and you don't get half the references, <laughs> it's like that just shows you how much they've thrown in there. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's overkill, right? Uh, and. 
honestly, like, if you were to ever play a Smash game, I would say this would be the one to try out because yeah. of World of Light. Like, if you played Subspace Emissary in, in Smash Bros. Brawl... I like, did. That I, was, liked, I like Subspace Emissary. That was Emissary. fine. Yeah. And this is vastly superior because the way that it plays is the way that Smash plays. Whereas mm. Subspace Emissary was shoehorning Smash controls into a, a platformer, platformer. Yeah, dynamic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it worked sometimes and didn't work other times. They and... made me do Ice Climbers. I don't want to do Ice Climbers. Yeah, and you never have to do Ice Climbers in World of Light. <laughs> the only one you ever have to do is, is Kirby for just a little bit at the beginning yeah. until mm. you unlock Marth. <laughs> no, no. Play Marth with for with the character unlock, because this, I mean, the reason we're talking about it, this is like one of the, the biggest things people are talking about the game. And to a lot of people, it's like one of the only negatives they've had is, hey, I have to un- I only start with eight. Now, when you, you unlock in the single player, that opens it forever in the multiplayer. Yeah. But I've also heard you can like unlock through the multiplayer, but it doesn't and unlock it doesn't in unlock in World of Light. Yeah, yeah, anything you unlock in World of Light will carry over to the other modes. Anything you unlock in Classic Smash does not carry over yeah, okay. into okay. World yeah. of Light. So the the new challenger approaching, uh, siren flashing, that doesn't unlock for huh. World of Light. Um, and I, I was very uh, well. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed, but I, I don't have a lot of experience with amiibos in Smash. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I have all these fucking amiibos. Mm-hmm. Why don't I just use these to unlock the characters? And so I'm like, you open your amiibos? Yeah. I take my. That's, uh, what, that's what I was thinking internally. There, it's like I'm never opening my take damn my, amiibo. Uh, Animal Crossing amiibo festival. Uh, Isabel amiibo and like pop it on there, and it's like, oh, it unlocks her, and I can choose different outfits and. That, but then, like, I'll take her into the game. And then it's like, y- do you want to have someone playing as second player? I'm like, no. Like, you really should do this. No, no, go away. And then it's like, the amiibo Isabel just controls itself and bounces around. It's, it's yeah. like figure player. So yes. I don't really understand what's happening. So the figure player was something they introduced in uh, Smash for Wii U. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was when they rolled out amiibo. Of course. Um and it was it's like a an AI controlled character that learns from you that you level up that you fight against it's supposed to be like your little buddy that you train up and smash and then you take it to your friend's house and you plop it down on their uh, their Wii U gamepad and uh, load your amiibo into their game and no one cared for it in Smash for Wii U and I really think like who is ever going to use that in this yeah. game yeah. Uh, it's just, like, not a compelling use case for Amiibo. No, I, I was just thinking, like, well, shouldn't this... Like, haven't I bought this character? Shouldn't this unlock it? Because I spelt, spent the twelve ninety nine on... No, but you can train up your, your Isabel so that she's really good at fighting, mm. and then you can show your friends how good your Isabel is. Woot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing, like, a lot of... I mean, I know that they, uh, people are, like, not like... And I get it. If you are, like, a competitive fighting game person... And you just want to open, you know, or put the game in in your Switch and go and all 70 are unlocked. Like, this would suck, right? Like, if, if you're just like, because it's, it's like very much old school design, like having to unlock all these characters before you right. can use them. But like for me, who prefers single player experiences and having a goal to work for, exactly. this sounds wonderful. It, like, but it, I, I get it. I'm not the average fighting game or Smash you, player. So the only real valid complaint about this that I could see is if you're a tournament organizer or something and you oh were trying God. to get a tournament on launch day yeah. for Smash Bros and even then you could have used a little exploit to do it in about an hour an hour and a half yeah um Hmm. and so like uh you know i get it if if people are are a little selfish about their needs these days so like i can see people saying like for me this doesn't the way that it's presented in this game doesn't work Mm -hmm. but i think overall when you look at the character select screen and you see 74 characters there for most players, that's going to be super daunting unless you're very seasoned, experienced yeah, Smash Bros. player. Yeah. And 
honestly, this is probably going to be the best-selling Smash Bros. game of all time. There's going to be a lot of new players in this game, and they're going to need that to be progressively doled out to them, because... It's a complicated game, and there's a lot to take in. Uh, the the level select screen has 108 levels on it, and mm-hmm. you know that's the first yeah. thing you see when you load into the Smash. Uh, you know, you load up Smash, you go into the multiplayer. They show you the levels first this time, so it's just like this giant screen with tiny little level select icons, and then you know you go to the character screen, and at the start, you just got your eight. Yeah. Well, you talk about though, it's it's there is a lot of depth, but I think that's always been the charm of Smash is like it can still also be like a fighter for young kids. Like there is depth and layers there, or you can just button mash and look really cool and have a lot of fun with this game. And I've heard the on, that's what the online experience has been like so far is, is like half the people you're playing with care about, you know, smash (laughs) and strategy and stuff. And half are just there to have fun. And unfortunately, what I've heard about the online is they don't let you choose who to play with or what mode to play in. So, so you can set your preferences, Yes. Uh, but they are not uh, demands, I guess. <laughs> they are preferences. They're what you're hoping to find in a match. And, uh, you know, the theory that's been thrown around is, like, over time, some rule sets will solidify in the Smash community, and those will become sort of standard for, if you want to play a competitive game, it's going to be four stock and with certain settings. And... Um, I don't know that that's actually going to be true. I've heard some weird stuff about, like, if you choose quick play, it's not going to, almost never, it's going to get you your settings. And you have to go to, like, the background matchmaking, which takes longer and lets it... Uh, I think quick play must prioritize you getting into a match faster. Sure, and yeah. the other one is like, no, wait until I have something just, matching my it settings. It doesn't make sense, though, because we know, I mean, just the sales reports that have already kind of leaked out, like, we know there's enough people playing this game, so theoretically, you should, even through quick play, once you set your settings, there should be tons of people yeah. who want to play the same mode as you. Yeah. But what we're hearing is it, you don't get that mode most of the time. Most, uh, I, I, I never have. And I've given up on playing online for this game, probably. Right. Um, it's not where my interests lie. Like, I'm fine with playing World of Light as my single player, like playing Smash at home, and then having friends over and playing big big brawls, you know. Right, um, right. And so I I think that Nintendo botched this online. I don't like to say that about it, but there were some promises that they had made a while ago and don't seem to be delivered with, with this game uh, in terms of, you know, it, having maybe dedicated servers. That would have been nice instead of the peer-to-peer connection. Remember, you're paying for it now. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is There's is no this... free online on the Switch just for Smash Bros. This yeah. is the game that was supposed to sell that $20 on... And- yeah. Come on, it's a twenty dollars. I was going to so say that, maybe you're paying for that. I'm uh, paying for free Nintendo yeah, games every yeah, month. Well, yeah. right. I mean, that was what sold me on. Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was mm. the ability to buy those NES controllers. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I really yeah. wanted to be able to buy that because oh, I just like collecting I still have things. To do that. But th- um, this is with the game though that was supposed to convince people you need to pay for this online yeah. service. Like Smash is the online game. Um, but yeah, it's it is unfortunate to hear that like a lot of people just aren't really having fun with the online. But but I don't know. I mean, Smash the way you describe the way you want to play it is like how all of my Smash friends tend to play. It. Like this is a local multiplayer yeah. focused game. You know, and I get that not everyone has their local groups of, of, yeah, of people course. to play yeah. Smash with, and they still want to get enjoyment out of the game. And honest, I mean, World of Light's got. 30 plus hours of, of gameplay there that you can that you can grind through and have a good time with and so like you don't need to dabble in the online unless you're someone who really loves that hardcore competition mm-hmm. um, and I don't know that this game's going to offer it to you because 
as soon as you hit lag, you just want to quit the match. You just want to quit as soon as lag starts. Mm. It's like it just ruins a game of Smash. What's the the chat like? Cause do you still have to use that external like the the phone app to do uh, uh, voice chat, or is there no voice there's, chat? As far as I know, there's no voice chat. That that app would would support it if it was supported, but I don't believe it. it but is. but how is my um, opponent going to know I'm fucking his mom if I'm not well, able to tell right. him? And I talk mean, shit? The, you fuck you, Kirby. I'm fucking your mom. She's like a marshmallow. <laughs> Oh, God, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't do that. You can't even... The taunts are disabled online. What? So you can't taunt. And so what people have been doing is teabagging. And it's like, okay, Nintendo, would you rather people <laughs> teabag in your games than just use the taunt that you build? Uh, so, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's like, pretty it's weird. It's a classic and time-honored taunt now, teabagging. It's like, it has a history. It's it's part of the culture. Smell my tiny ass. I'm Snake. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean... It's weird, especially because there's voice chat in Mario Kart, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe yeah. on on uh, Switch. When there wasn't on Wii U, they introduced it with the when the voice app expanded to it. And I don't know if you've played that, but it's, it's kind of a mess in the when you use the the voice app. So I, I could see why they don't want that in Smash Bros. It'd be way worse. But oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, it's also like when you're in a match with like yeah six to eight people or however you know if you're if you're doing like a ton of people in one place. I mean that game's already mayhem. Can you imagine like yeah. trying to hear yeah. that many voices? What you really need is the external mic peripheral that you'll mount on your TV so that mm. everyone can hear everything going on in your room. Yep. Yeah, you uh, could call it like a Wii Speak or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. Or just Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, true. broadcast my thoughts to Nintendo. <laughs> Um, bunch of other stuff out this yeah. week. There were other games out this week? I know. <laughs> A ton. But you, you enjoyed uh, Smash as well? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to play that much of it, but ah. like, I was... Uh, I got into it big time with the 3DS version, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, played, just played a ton of World of Light, a um, couple hours of World of Light. Can't wait to play more. Hope nice. I get less busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, my final word on this game is it's amazing. It's probably the pinnacle of the Smash Bros. series, oh, but honestly... Smash Bros. is such such a divisive series. Uh, it means something to every different Smash Bros. player, and everyone's got their own favorite way to play Smash Brothers, yeah. uh, their, their own favorite settings and modes, and uh, so no Smash Bros. game is ever going to appeal to everyone, even if you know you have Sakurai come out and say, everyone is here, and we've got every level, and... You know, someone's still going to come out and say, but is there wave dashing? Like, I heard you took out L-canceling, so... And, you know, I, I get it. Like, not everything's for everyone, but this game uh, has been a joy so far for me. So, Excellent. Uh, well, yeah, a bunch of other things came out. Uh, Ashen, yeah, which is, uh, if you've got Xbox Game Pass, it's, it's free. Yeah, yeah, just grab it not now. free, $10 a month. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Annapurna Interactive Publishing. They are on a roll. We were just yeah. talking like Dude, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love it. They're like the art house games, game publisher right now. I got a chance to play a little bit of this game, and because I'm a, I'm a Souls like fan, yeah, and this is this is a Souls like it immediately game. <laughs> like if you if you're like me and you've been playing a lot of uh, Dark Souls Remastered this yeah. year, you will immediately pick this up. It's like, oh yes, this is Dark yes. Souls yes. with a, a very interesting minimalist art style. Yeah, yeah, the art style is an interesting choice. I think it works for the game. Yeah, uh, I will say. So in playing it, I mean, if you play enough Souls, there's definitely slight differences in the controls and thing where I think a lot of Souls-likes kind of 
they they make the mistake so like playing like something like lords of the fallen some people think that the deliberateness of souls equals slow Mm -hmm. uh and that's not necessarily the case especially with certain certain swords or, or melee weapons in souls um so i do find at least with the weapon i have so far some of the the combat does feel a bit slow and overly deliberate um, mm. But I'm not. I've only gotten past the first big boss in the game. Have you? Have you made it past I, I that boss? I, I guess not. Uh, but I have gotten the double-headed axe. I've I've unlocked Vagrant's Rest. Okay. And so I'm hanging out there. And uh, funny story. And I didn't I didn't understand why this was until I read a review. And uh, so I was getting a little annoyed because there's like that guy with the mustache that you can partner with early on, and he'll follow you around and help you kill things. And he's like, Oh, hey. Uh, Help me do this quest and climb this ruin where my uh, my uncle and or, or my father and my brother uh, yeah. traveled. Yeah. And so, like, okay, go out there with him. And like, I notice he's wandered off. And so I'm like, I go over to the ruin. I I do like the little here. I'll help you up pose yeah, and just yeah. wait. And like, he's fucked off some more. What the hell? Like, I'm waiting on you, dude. And you so hit like, up on the D pad is the thing that that will summon him. Ah, but so, but here's the thing okay. that I didn't realize. Like, so he's he's off somewhere fighting some dudes. I go help yep. him. Eventually, he starts following me back to this thing. Yep. Okay, and and I didn't realize that's the multiplayer co-op. Sometimes, that, sometimes it is. It's yeah, it, it's the journey the, thing. Some, yeah, it, sometimes it will be a computer controlled character. Sometimes yes. just another player will randomly yep. take over. And, and I'm sure that they're just playing as themselves in their game and you're their co-op partner and they're yeah. wondering like, why is that guy all the way why over is he there? Going over there? It's not just the beginning of the game. Like that's my understanding is how this entire game plays is there's either AI co-op with you mm -hmm. or just like journey. Someone will drop in and out and kind yeah. of play alongside you as that guy. But I've definitely noticed that too, where sometimes it just, it feels like he gets lost in the environment. Like I, I remember I was kind of like, I kind of took a shortcut and safely slid down some cliffs that, that, got me to a quest thing a little bit quicker and I just did it. I was like, oh, I, yeah, that's not that far a fall. I didn't take much damage or whatever. But he didn't follow me. Uh, and so it's also like very AI in that you can tell sometimes it's not very smart and it gets caught up on the environment. But when you have that guy, it's a great way to play one of those games is, is he will go in first and he will take a ton of damage or at the very least he'll like distract enemies for you and all you got to do is just yeah. kind of roll behind them you know, hit him and, mm -hmm. and it feels really good. But when he disappears or maybe when a human being takes over and goes and fucks off, it doesn't feel so great. It's, uh, it actually increases the difficulty quite a bit, you know, but, yeah, um, yeah. no, it's, it's so far from what I've played. I mean, I really like games of this type. Yeah. Uh, and this is, this is a really pretty take on it. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a unique art style. The, the story, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying that much attention, but my understanding <laughs> is it's like the world has gone dark because some big yeah. fucking phoenix-type bird died. Yeah, the ashen you go bird wake the bird up. Yeah. And you then, gotta wake that bird up, Matt. And wake then, it up. And the bird is awake, and that's what the light has returned to the world. And it's everyone, slowly returning. It's slowly returning. Yeah. And you have to go kill these big bads, which are like these dark... Power, I don't know, dude. Like, anyway. They want the bird to go back to sleep. Yeah, that's right. Go back so, to sleep, bird. This sounds so far removed from everything else that Annapurna does. Why do you think they publish this game? It, it's definitely more core game, like what you would think of as a traditional game, than the stuff I've played from Annapurna. Um, you know, Annapurna is like very much like I don't want to say like walking sim type games or anything, but they they're more art house games. Yeah, where, well, they're an art house film distributor. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. 
it's all it's kind of weird actually that they're making video games at all but like they they've been smashing it out of the park lately I mean, weren't they Florence the mobile game yep, yep. they were Florence, Florence yeah. Donut County Donut, they, yeah. I mean they had a good year this year yeah 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 um, and then my favorite game last year what remains of Edith Finch my favorite non Zelda game last year so okay. oh that Fair was you know that was an amazing game and sounds as complete opposite end of the spectrum from Ashen as you could get. Yeah. And our yeah. Wild Hearts looks awesome. Mm. Yes, that looks great. Like mm-hmm. that runner rhythm, or what they call it? They call it like an interactive pop album. Uh, it's yeah. a, a pop yeah. album video game. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this one though it does still, it does still very feel very much like an Annapurna game. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but it is it is a Souls like so. Yeah. Uh, but because but because it has that unique art style, I don't know. Like it, it feels smaller so far than your typical Souls game. But I'm actually sort of okay with that. I know the game. If you don't have Game Pass, it's it's forty dollars. Yeah. Uh, I know it's also on PC exclusive to the yep. Epic Store. That yep. was one mm-hmm. of the big announcements. Um, yeah, it does feel smaller, but that's okay. Like you know, if you're if you're looking for a game to kind of bridge that gap between your Souls games, and uh, I think you know, I've certainly played a lot worse. Souls clones or Souls like out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am just toward you know the very beginning, but I think if you play a lot of Souls games and are, are looking for a new one of those to dive into, Ashen so far seems like a, a pretty good choice. So what if you're like me and you don't like Souls games, but you like the idea of a Souls game and um, you like Annapurna? So there, so like <laughs> if it depends on what turns you off about Souls games. So if one of the things you don't like about Souls is like the fact that it's never really clear where you should go or there's like, you know, you don't really have clear-cut quests or, you know, waypoints on a map to go to, this game actually does have all of that. Mm. So one of the cool things about this game, and I'm still trying to figure out how in-depth the system goes, but at least in this opening level, you can kind of find NPCs out in the world and send them back to this home base and you're slowly kind of building up this this home base. And those people give you quests, and straight up it will put a marker on your map so you know the direction mm-hmm. to head in. Although if you're if you're you know a traditional Souls like player, you really want to go out and explore every nook and cranny of that map because there's a lot of good stuff hidden there. Mm-hmm. I will also say like they make it very clear when there is a cool thing, you will see like this rune out in the distance. Like okay, go there. That's going to be a cool thing, like a weapon, or it might be a power up, or just a health health item, something like that. So. Yeah, I, I'm anxious to try more. I'm anxious to poke around more with what the progression system actually looks like. The only progression really I've seen so far is you can level up your quote-unquote Estus flasks or the equivalent in this game. Yeah, the Crimson Gourd. Yeah, the Crimson Gourd. God, that just sounds like a really bad Halloween band. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Crimson Gourd. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. I, if you like Souls-likes, you'll, I think you'll like this game. So it's worth giving a shot. And especially if you're a Game Pass subscriber, there is no excuse. Like, yeah, you, just you play should, it. Yeah, yeah, you should yeah. play this. Play uh, every game if you're a Game Pass You know what else you'll like if you like Souls games? Uh, if you like that? that crushing indifference of a world that is dead set against you and hates you and will grind you down... Katamari fucking Damashi <laughs> re-roll, baby. Yes, but you're yeah, doing the crushing so and stomping people yes. down, Because you got to get that ball bigger. In some ways, you are the world crushing the, right. all right. who would challenge it. Katamari Damashi is a weird game that never, ever improved on the original. Yeah. Uh, no, I would okay. I would agree with that. I don't feel like any of the sequels were as good as the first one. I, I felt like they added a few new mechanics that, that made the formula interesting. And to me, they got to be almost like Tony Hawk games where I was really just about seeing the new maps they would throw me in and mm. what I could roll up next and how outrageous <laughs> and crazy it could get. Yeah. Uh, so, But the formula was, I don't think it necessarily needed improving that much. And actually, this game is a perfect 
case for that. Like you go back to this game and it holds up. And the yeah. art especially holds up. Like mm-hmm. and uh, uh excuse me, the most perfect video game soundtrack that's ever been made. Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> it's brilliant. But I will, I will you know what any good remaster does for me is when you play it, it looks the way you remember it in your mind's eye. And that is exactly what this what Katamari Rerolled it's looks wonderful. like. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Uh, I would encourage you. There's just a demo, free demo on Switch. Like if you just want to check it out, go do so. Uh, it's just like the first yeah. level. Uh, here's I have one complaint about okay. this because I bought it on Switch. The controls, like I, I am very much used to playing Katamari Damacy with the uh, PS PlayStation controller, mm-hmm. where the sticks are together. Yes. When that's what I was saying. When happened. they're on yeah. different <laughs> parts of the controller, it's a little it feels weird, weird because you're supposed to like work them in tandem to move the yep. thing around. It, so it's, it's like, not it's as, not quite right. It doesn't feel quite as tight. The other thing is, I was a big fan. I, I do that move where you flick the, the sticks up and down really mm-hmm. quickly, and you kind of do that peel out move, yeah, yeah, for yeah, lack yeah. of a better word. That's much harder to do on the Switch. I was playing in handheld mode, so mm-hmm. it might be much easier when you're. I, mean, I was playing with controller. a pro controller, so it's okay. like, yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah, because that move, I, although I don't. I never really felt like that move got me much in the game. Like maybe high level Katamari players are like, no, you need that. You know, that's your speed boost or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually take that back. I remember I would use it to like get up steep hills and stuff mm-hmm, on, on mm-hmm. some maps. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that is my one complaint. But if you never got a chance to play Katamari, or it's just been a really long time and you're itching to get back into that kind of charming world with that amazing soundtrack and just the the visuals, which totally hold. Any game developer out there, if you have to make that choice, like, do we go realistic or do we go stylized? If you want your game to hold up and last, go stylized because that yeah. that stuff holds up. Like, realistic will never hold up. No matter also, how good if you, you want to be able to churn out assets at a quickly <laughs> yes, at a quick true. rate, like, yeah. mm-hmm. go, go stylized. stylized. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just remember playing this that uh, you do have to save manually. You have to go to the prince's little house on his planet. And save, it won't auto-save for you. Yeah, that's how we were kind of, we knew it was more of a remaster than a remake, Mm -hmm, is that mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't update any of that stuff that people are just more used to now, you know? Like, if that if that game was made today, there'd probably be autosave midway through the level. Like, every, it would probably, like, autosave every time you do the growth thing where all of yeah. a sudden now you can roll up, yep, like, bigger yep, yep. tiers of items. Mm-hmm. That would probably autosave for you. Yeah. Uh, also out on Switch, Quarantine Circular, a new game from Mike Bethel, who did, uh, let's see, he did Thomas Was Alone and Volume and uh, Subsurface Circular. Mm-hmm. And he got a uh, unexpected boost because he came out immediately after Smash. And <laughs> nobody else wanted to release a game right after Smash. So for a, like the weekend, he was his game was the top entry on the, the Nintendo eShop. So, That's awesome. And it's like six bucks, so of course I bought it. Um, but it is a really interesting game. Like I'm only a little bit of the way through it, but it's all conversation so far. And it's like there is an alien visitor... Uh, and you are trying to, it, it, it's like near future, like this pandemic has wiped out a lot of humanity and you're uh, playing alternately as this alien and the crew of this ship that is trying to communicate with the alien with a translator. And it's, it's all in like a chat log. So there's like a chat log in the middle of the screen and you're seeing the characters standing around talking while it uh, fills up and you you can choose different dialogue options. You can choose different lines of questioning, but ultimately it seems to be about trust that um, depending on the questions that you ask, uh, you know, that the other characters trust in you will increase or decrease. So it's uh, it's really interesting. It's a it's a really interesting 
approach to like almost a visual novel. I was format just about so to ask. Far. It sounds yeah. like a visual novel. It's a little bit. Little okay. Bit. Uh, maybe just adventure game. Yeah, it's a conversation game so okay. far. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, so that's that's really cool. Like you know, recommend it's it it looks very polished. Uh, okay. So yeah, for a six dollar game, I recommend it. All right. Also, Hades debuted yeah. on the Epic Game Store. That, that was a surprise announcement during the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game came out in early access, exclusive to Epic Game Store. Um, yeah, from Supergiant. That's Supergiant, the folks who brought you... Uh, well, Bastion's probably what they're best known for. Mm-hmm. I really loved Pyre. Uh, last Sorry. year, that was one of my favorite games, uh, Space Basketball. Yeah. Uh, this game. feels sort of like a uh, cross between Transistor and Dead Cells. Yes. In okay. that it is a roguelite where uh, you are... Hades' son, uh, Zagreus, and you are trying to escape from Hades with the help of the Olympian gods. And so there's there's a story, there's voice acting, but uh, every time you die, uh, everything shifts around. And so, like, okay, well, time to go out and get killed yeah. again and see how long I can survive this time. Hmm. I'm sort of bummed about that. I didn't realize it was a roguelike. Yeah. yeah. I think that they have done some of the best storytelling uh, in in the last uh, several years. There is so. plenty of storytelling. Okay, so don't well, worry about that. Cool. But um, yeah, it, but but the the actual level design shifts and changes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I mean to me, what they are always known for, you mentioned <laughs> it, Micah, storytelling one, amazing soundtracks. How's the, the sound, music? How's is the music? Always. I mean, it sounds very. I've been asked that same question already. Actually, uh, it sounds very just kind of Greek inspired. Okay. Like yeah, you will hear like. Yeah, this sounds like it might have been on a lyre with some drums or something, but uh, hmm. yeah, it's. Uh, what about voiceover? Like, so does far? it have the Bastion voiceover? Uh, it does have a narrator. Okay, um, I'm not sure if it's the same guy, but yeah, they, and and the uh, the main character will actually talk to the narrator sometimes. Like, oh, really, the narrator will say something shitty about him. Is like, you know, I can hear you, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, I love everything Supergiant has made so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Early access games, it, it depends for me. Like, I, I tend to wait a f- at least a few months into that cycle just in case they're planning on adding a ton of content. Just so, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard for me to, like, go back to a game and play mm-hmm. it all again. But, uh, yeah, it, w- it was a surprise announcement. Like, because no one had heard anything what Supergiant had been working on since Pyre. So, yeah, the fact that it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is what we're working on and you can go play it now. That's, like, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like um, every time you die, you, you wind up back in, like, Hades throne room slash office and uh, there's a bunch of characters hanging around that you can talk with the dialogue changes a bit every time uh, you treat Cerberus like he's your dog and like you find out like oh the first time you ran away from home you got really mad and trashed this lounge and uh, now it's under repairs and so you can't go in there for a while um, and you can you can also like find gifts out in the world that like when you die and come back you can give it to different characters and get things from them that are like permanent buffs and uh, hmm. so yeah it's it's definitely interesting and it's still in early access so yeah. obviously it's going to change between now and whenever it's final well it's a roguelike so mm-hmm. it's going to change no matter what yeah. happens well you know what's not a roguelike okay earth defense force no. 5 <laughs> oh. edf EDF! Erectile Defense Force! (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love this game so much. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I do. It is is like a uh, third-person Smash TV with giant bugs (laughs) coming in constantly. And like the best moments of this game for me are just uh, unloading with an assault rifle as I wade through 
uh, huge flashing polygons all around me that like are parts of multiple ants blending together. I have to thank you because I at first was like I'd heard about this game. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this game's almost infamous. It's like yeah, it's this is B movie the game. Yes. And I think I was playing or approaching it wrong until you told me that. You're like, well, Matt, just play it like Smash TV, mm-hmm. like in a, 3D, a 3D version of Smash yeah. TV. Just and charge into the enemies, unload in every direction. Or what I, I play it more like I play Smash, where I just kite. I kind of circle circle strafe mm-hmm. around people yeah. and kite enemies around you the map and, and turn around and just shoot behind me. And then I got it. I totally got it. And I'm actually amazed, like, for, you know, people kind of make fun of this series because, like, it looks a little cheap, right? Like the way, but I think. Oh, it looks super. I was showing it to a coworker, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is great." It's like this looks like a PS2 game. But, I'm like, yeah, it's great. But that's okay. They have to do that. A because B movie aesthetic, but B, this game never slows down. Like there will be yeah. hundreds of enemies on the screen, all exploding around me. And it doesn't chug, like, at all. Like, it, it's actually, yeah. like, a technical masterpiece. You're like, how are they doing this? Just nonstop fucking carnage. Yeah. yeah. I think the yeah. game is a fucking masterpiece. I think it's like if they made Gears of War for arcades and it made you smile, that's what it would be. And I think, uh, to me, it, to me, it, like, I don't know. I, I was introduced to the, the series at the time when, like, every studio was creating this horrible trilogy with brooding characters uh, with dumb stories and plots, and EDF's like, <laughs> big bugs, kill them! Yeah. Over and over again. Well, and I also just it. love that it's like... There, no there's cutscenes, no stopping, just play. Yeah. There, there's some ludonarrative dissonance in that uh, <laughs> everyone around you keeps screaming about like, oh, what are these things? These monsters, we've never seen anything yeah. like them before. Yeah. Nobody ever calls them giant ants. Yes, uh, I know. And it's like, oh, our weapons are doing nothing. It's like, well, maybe your weapons are doing nothing. Everything yeah. dies in like two shots. Come on, get your ass in the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely get frustrated with those, my quote unquote, like squad mates. I'm like, would you <laughs> fucking do your job? Like, shoot something down. Yeah, but the squad mates are some of the best parts in this because oh, yeah. the dialogue, like, I didn't know you could still record dialogue like this. I thought it was all, like, left back in 1998. I think it is. I think they just bought the rights to some PS2 game dialogue because it sounds like those guys recorded but, it back then. But it's so utterly stupid. It's like so dumb. Like, the... Uh, like a running joke at in the early parts of the game is like so you're a civilian you're like a security guard and you're you've been like pressed into like following these soldiers around and they give you a gun and like they every at the end of every level is like okay we'll we'll for sure take you to a safe place yeah. next time and then like six or seven uh, levels in like okay I'm stuck with these guys it's like they they just start saying like there's a, an exchange where it's like, I, have you made up your mind to be a soldier yet? Yeah. And then another guy's like, being a soldier is awesome. Yeah, you get a pension. You'll never have to worry about retirement. But you will be disappointed by the death gratuity. Yeah. <laughs> no, I fuck? thought the running joke you were talking about is like the, yeah, the first six or seven missions, the whole time, all they can do is be like, wow, you're really good with that gun. Yeah. You should join up. And it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. I'm the only one killing anything. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then um, mild spoilers. When the aliens finally show up, uh, you keep hearing like they're just like us. They're exactly like humans. They have two arms, two legs, and a head, and two eyes. Like, oh, they're just like humans. And then you see them. And it's like this is a giant tree frog with a plasma rifle. <laughs> this is not a human. Yeah. But everybody keeps like, oh, they're just like us. I can't do it. I can't kill them. Like yeah. they're forty feet tall. 
Yes, any game where your enemies are designed by stock photo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like these got... all feel like just stock <laughs> models that yep. they just adapted to yeah. different rigs. I mean, I don't know. I love this game. It does everything a game should do right except for story and polish. <laughs> 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 But everything else is there, man. It fucking rules. I think it has yeah. its polish. That's what's weird. Like, it has this weird polish. Like, you can tell they've spent the time. They just fully embraced what they are, right? Mm-hmm. What this yeah. is is, like, it's Starship Troopers without the smart political Thank commentary you. underneath, yeah, yeah. right? Like, this is this is the we star- Starship... We get This is Starship Troopers, like, for the guys who don't get what Starship Troopers actually was. Like, this is all they like about Starship Troopers, which is, like, <laughs> yeah, dumb bugs, uh, eating people, and body parts exploding everywhere, and yep, yep. you just... Shoot some shooty stuff because, the, but there are, there's like surprising depth to like you get your your guns and your abilities with guns like and you you slowly level up or you slowly unlock like new weapons mm-hmm. to you and I think we're all playing just the the ranger like yeah, the starter but class. There, they there's like you. four different classes. There's yeah. the ranger. There's the air diver, which is like all female uh, troopers who have jetpacks and no pants. Um, <laughs> yes. There's um, well, well, some of them they tell you they're this game is co-op as well. Like it's yeah. designed like some of those classes. They're like, don't play this alone. That'd be stupid. Like this is a co-op class. Mm-hmm. Like they, they say it in those words too. It's really weird. Yeah. You read the menu. <laughs> uh, don't be a fool. Yeah, but you can also like uh, as you run into NPC soldiers, like they'll join up and follow you around. Yeah, and we were talking earlier. One of the coolest things is so there's uh, a couple different dialogue wheels to to speak with other characters and you can just like uh use the ps4 touchpad to select different dialogue things and if you just swipe left like you'll sing this awful off-key song it's like oh we are the valiant infantry and there's like there's multiple reads have you noticed that like if you select it right away he sings it slightly you will have different voice actors for every time you sing it (laughs) And then when once you finish your verse, any soldiers who are following you will sing a second verse. Yeah, and and the surprise thing, like I re- I think I recognize one voice in here, and that is um what's his face, Center Nicholas, who voices uh, Dean Venture on the Venture Brothers. Oh, I'm sweet. I'm pretty sure that's him. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, this game is insane and stupid, and I love it. And I think I'm like twenty something missions in, and to give you an idea of how huge it is, it tells me that like. You're like uh, maybe three percent of the way through the game now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's this giant game, and even those like choices. So the the dialogue wheel options. There's like the defaults, which, um, but there's actually like a really like deep system of like hundreds of responses through mm-hmm, the dialogue mm-hmm. trees. Where if you like, if I think if you hit right on the D-pad, like it pulls up all these various types of responses. And so here's your here's your golden idea, Chris, for reviving YouTube.com/slash Laser Time. I just want someone to create a video of you making like non sequitur responses to everything happening in the game. Cause you can like have like uh, happy tones when like people are screaming like, ah, it's eating me. And then your guy can go, yeah. And just, like, it's, <laughs> it's just really dumb. And you can yeah. do that stuff like at any time during the gameplay. Cause I think it's meant to be like, if you don't, of course you don't want to talk to people you're doing co-op with. No, just do these emote, you know, things to them. Yeah. The problem is there's hundreds of emotes. So the time it would take you to find the right one, you would not be very helpful in that mm-hmm. co-op session. It, it's it's an interesting design choice, to say the least. It is. I, I know that's something I notice from a lot of Japanese games is they tend to favor the automatic responses. Um, mm-hmm. With you know, and part, partly it's just because like, well, you know, if this is a global game, not a lot of people are going to speak Japanese, so it's useful to have these pre-programmed responses so you can just yeah. communicate. True. 
Oh my god, we are almost through this. Desert Child, <laughs> uh, which you and I both played, Micah. The sequel yeah. to Desert Bus. So <laughs> sometimes feels that way. It's actually the sequel to the Battletoads uh, motorbike. That's scene. Oh, what yeah, it feels Jesus. like. Yeah, really? Yeah, uh, it's that it, mean. Well, no, 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 it's not that mean. Uh, I had never heard of this game before the kind of funny showcase on over the weekend, and they just had a trailer that cribbed a lot of Cowboy Bebop, and I was like, well, I love Cowboy Bebop. And it's coming out in two days. I'll download it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, the actual game doesn't have very much Cowboy Bebop influence to it, I'd mm. say. <laughs> that trailer did. Um, but, yeah, the the bulk of the gameplay is these kind of, like, speeder races uh, that are... They're not quite like the Battletoads things because they're not punishing. Well, um, it's it's sort of punishing, in that, but, but in, instead of, like, being uh, ejected and crashing your bike... Your bike will take damage that then requires money to fix, and you're always kind of low on cash. Yeah, so you're like trying to scrounge cash while you're racing through the level, and then sell some of the stuff afterwards, and mm-hmm. then fix your bike, buy your food. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a millennial simulator. Like you're, <laughs> you're always yeah, constantly yeah, you're low broken, on cash, yeah. just trying to make your way through life. Hand to mouth motorbike racer in the future. But is it is it so it's combat racing or is that is that how you? I mean, sort of. You're you're racing against another person. You're not really supposed to shoot them, but you are supposed to shoot all these targets. Like some of them give you more boost, some of them give you money, Um, and Mm. it's it's really just about accumulating as much money as you can while keeping everything in working order. But there are these stone walls that you can run into while you're speeding along. That's very much reminiscent of or trees or cacti. Huh. Um, the actually my favorite part is in between the uh, in between the races. Yeah, uh, there's just so much style there. The game's oozing style, and all the NPCs are very cool, and everything you you, you know you can just select chill from the menu, mm-hmm. and you just chill. Your character just sits on the bike and smokes a cigarette. Oh shit! There's a chill yep. mode, mm-hmm. and and I'm nothing convinced. happens. You can't do anything while you're chilling, but you're chilling. Honestly, it kind of reminded me of No More Heroes. Just like yeah, the, the scenes between missions where you're just yeah. hanging around the town doing odd jobs. Like, um, yeah. and so that that aspect of it is very cool. Uh, I'm not super far. I worry that the rest of the racing is going to start to wear thin at some point. Is it? Do you, I mean would memorization help in the levels, or is it all randomized? Like oh, the it's randomized. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> it's not like you're going to lose the races very often. I yeah. don't think okay. you're, you're not like hitting a wall and blowing up. Yeah, it's more like you're damaging your bike, so it's going to cost you money before the. And the more race. damage you do, the like the less boost you have, and yeah. boost is really essential to getting through the race and to like. Once you run out of ammo, you have to boost into this truck that shows up to refill it. So it yeah. sounds like it's got a lot of style. That's like it does. It really does. It, it's cool. Just go watch the trailer yeah. again. The trailer okay. was awesome. Yeah. Also, uh, Hello Neighbor Hide and Seek. Uh, full disclosure, I got a code for that from Tiny Build. Oh shit! I should. Uh, sorry. Full disclosure. EDF five. We also got codes. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Should have right. said. Yeah. But Hello Neighbor Hide and Seek. I played a little bit, and honestly. I've never played the first game. I was totally confused about what was going on or what I could do. um, Because there's really, there's like no tutorial. Hmm. It doesn't hold your hand at all. It's just kind of like, okay, yeah, your brother's counting. Go, go find a hiding place. It's like, okay, what do I, what button opens doors? Okay, it's this. And you're kind of gradually discovering it. And then, like, after playing it kind of unsuccessfully, I went and watched like a YouTube walkthrough. And it's like, Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. So, like, these things that I didn't understand were even puzzles. So, like, you're in this 
huge level that's like strewn with random, seemingly random objects. And it's like, I'm not sure what to do with this. It's like, I have like a, a wheel that clearly would like uh, turn a valve of some kind. And then like, okay, I find like there's like this snake coiled up on this chair. And at the top of it is like a, a thing for the valve wheel. And like, okay, I turn that. And it creates a little lake. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with that. Well, you got to do the truffle shuffle, uh-huh. and that'll yeah. make the yeah. chicken lay the egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so but, I mean, or things like there's a bunch of geysers around the stage that like will will launch you if you run up to them. Um, but then I didn't realize like okay, there are also like these huge rocks you can pick up, and if you 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 can use them to cap the geysers, and then it'll make the other geysers stronger, so you can get up higher. Mm. Now the first Hello Neighbor was a stealth horror-ish game where the whole uh-huh. the whole goal was you're trying to sneak into your neighbor's basement because I think it's like you suspect he's a serial killer or something mm-hmm. and at the time what they were touting is like the AI would respond to you so if you if you went to take one route and he like noticed something was off like the, the AI would change its path and, and basically it is like you're trying to sneak around this this neighbor yeah is any of that stuff in here? Because I mean, this is this is uh, very different. And then again, you are these two, uh, this brother and sister playing, and so the levels are kind of like based on their imaginations. Mm-hmm. So the first level, for example, is uh, the sister is an explorer in a pith helmet, and the little boy is a tiger, and he you can tell this because he's wearing a shirt that says Guider on it, uh, just misspelled tiger, and. But he's he's sort of like wandering around on his own, and when he catches, uh, you know, he, when he knows that you're near, and when he is near, like you'll hear like spooky music, like dun, 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 and that's hmm. your cue to like run away and hide. Uh, so it's really you're you're trying to just solve these puzzles while avoiding him. Hmm. Oh, to just get around. Yeah. yeah so and it's, then it's like probably using the same like tech, like the AI is. Yeah, is probably around. Again, I haven't played the first one, so I can't huh. really say. But then like. Later levels are like, oh, you're a bank robber and you're trying to sneak into a bank and steal money while he's like a cop or a security guard or something. So, yeah, fun stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that's, I think, everything we've played this week. Yeah, I mean, the only other big uh, release this week that we're, we're going to try to play, uh, I think it comes out Friday, is Below. Mm-hmm. Uh, after, what, like... Oh my five God. years? It, it feels like an eternity. Well, it was going to be an Xbox One launch title. I know. So that hasn't come out yet, but and then that's the, I think that's another roguelike. Uh, I keep getting it confused in my head with Deep Down. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Mm-hmm. And then and then for some reason I always get them confused with Downwell. Now, that mm-hmm. Downwell is a totally different type of game. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot of also, games. Also, it's been out for years. Yes, it has. Yeah. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's the one we will hopefully maybe talk about next. I don't know. Next, I'm I'm over. I'm over playing any more games this year. I have too many games in my backlog. Yep. We are doing game of the year stuff. We mm-hmm. we have to get through all those. So. It's a surprisingly stressful time of year. <laughs> it is, as evidenced by our next segment. Take it away. 
This will be our special uh, Game Awards recap news segment. Uh, the Game Awards took place uh, last Thursday, so uh, obviously that's why it wasn't. The results weren't on last week's show. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I'm going to skip over the results for now and just talk about some of the big announcements that happened at that show. And then what I'd like to do is we'd have a special community segment where we're going to uh, list off the winners and we're going to list off who you guys all voted for as winners uh, on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. How's that? So let's sure. go into the news. Uh, so first big announcement, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. That's crazy. What's crazier? Who's making it? It's Team Ninja. Team which Ninja. Is, that's that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Who's publishing it? Yeah, who's publishing it? Nintendo is publishing Good it. Good <laughs> That's crazier. No. Is it a Switch exclusive then? I Well, yeah. Yeah, you think? I, I mean, be, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a Nintendo game on Xbox yet. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. How the fuck did this happen? How did that work out? I don't understand this at all. And why are all of a sudden X Men in a Marvel game? The craziest theory I've heard out of this, though, or a crazy thing that could theoretically happen, if Nintendo publishes this, does this mean all Marvel characters are fair ground for future Smash games? <gasps> uh, I'd be shocked if we didn't get a Marvel character sooner or later in Smash. Yeah. Well, there's a. Uh... A theory bandied around that Sakurai is presumably sticking to, which is that there aren't going to be characters that didn't originate in a video game in a Smash Bros. game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Sakurai always breaks his uh, his uh, pillars of, of Smash Bros. like that. Yeah. Ridley's too big. Sakurai don't care. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if if it if it makes sense to put a Wolverine in Smash Bros., you know, we yeah. might get Wolverine in Smash Bros. So so on about this game itself, though, so. Uh, the trailer, I couldn't tell. It looks like this game takes place from like kind of a different perspective than the other games. The other games were like isometric, top down, like over the shoulder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and sometimes you can unlock the camera to do trailers. But there was specifically like one boss fight sequence where like it it was behind the shoulder of a lot of the characters, where it looked like there's no way they unlocked the camera just for that. Like it looked like that's how this game plays. So. Yeah, I mean, totally different team. Make, team Ninja, the, the guys behind Ninja Gaiden. The guys uh, behind Metroid Other M. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and DOA. They also do the DOA right. games. Yeah, weird. Uh, so, yeah, that one is coming. I don't know. Like, I actually loved Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, so why not, dude? Like, I'm down for a 3. It's been a long time. You can't get 1 and 2 anymore because that mm-hmm. was available for, like, a year, and then Activision had to pull that down from the store again. And It's still a little nuts because Marvel Ultimate Alliance is a is a... Kind of a formula in a series that originated via Activision, and I don't think I've seen Marvel take someone else's game and give it to another publisher. I'm, I'm assuming they always had the right, but uh, I don't, have we seen yes, anything like yeah. that before? It'd be like it'd be like it'd be like Namco making Marvel versus Capcom. Well, they wouldn't necessarily have the right because typically with the, with these things, it's like Marvel owns the characters, right? But they usually don't own the name of the game. They don't usually own like yeah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That would almost always be like an Activision name. I mean, mm-hmm. I almost wonder if they bought it away yeah. from well, Activision. Yeah, here's here's the thing you need to understand. Disney has a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> true. It's true. Really? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's true. They bought Fox just to get the X-Men back. Just the, No, they bought they bought Fox, the rumor is, just to get fucking Avatar that's back. Right. And, uh, that's yeah, right. Listen to uh, bonus time this week. Yeah. Lots of talk about Avatar and Disney. Uh, I mean, I'll say it again. VGA can be bought. Disney, we, mm-hmm. you know. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, we're able to take your call. Do you like your influencers less influency? Hmm. It's time of the Laser Time Network. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's the opposite of an influencer? Like an apathizer? What? 
What would we be? <laughs> I, yeah, we're like the coolers of the video game world, right? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Whatever we like. About it, it's over. Just, just don't go for that. Far Cry New Dawn was, we, we talked about it on last week's show. It was teased and, and kind of, you know, Ubisoft yep. had, had said, hey, this is a thing that's coming. But we got the name. Uh, and we got a cool trailer. And we got uh, key art and everything, man. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a real thing. And it's coming really soon. It is, yeah. It's February. February, yeah. Already. So I think that backs up my theory of like, you know, how I was like, hey, there's these always these in-between Far Cry games. and Yeah, full disclosure, I am a Ubisoft employee. So uh, very, very excited for you all to find out more. Please look forward <laughs> to our game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this, this is the... Um, it's the post-apocalyptic Far Cry game. Yes. Right? And a lot of people are actually saying it looks a bit like Rage 2. And I think they're just saying that because of the color. Like, it's super duper colorful. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, yeah, well, the, the color in this is caused by a super bloom, which is one possible outcome of a nuclear apocalypse where uh, we have nuclear winter followed by um, winds picking up and spreading seeds all over the place. And the seeds take hold. There's, like, a lot of rain and bam, super bloom. Super bloom? Super bloom. At first I thought that was, like... A drug because it's you know it's based it's after the events of Far Cry Five. I was like, mm-hmm. oh maybe Bliss has has morphed into Super Bloom. Super Bliss. Super Bliss. Maybe I don't know. Okay, uh, we already mentioned so Hades is that early access game from Super Giant. Um, Mortal Kombat Eleven was wow. officially announced and is coming in April. Yeah, it's coming very soon, <laughs> it's and it's like coming to Switch. Away. Yes, that's S- crazy. Was simultaneous a launch Xbox yeah. One. Yeah. PS4 Big shock. and Switch and um, have you guys seen that trailer? It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It of course is, we saw it. It's just one big brutality. Yeah. Like it is <laughs> nasty. It is. It's just a mean trailer. Just sort of officially acknowledging, like our characters don't really die. <laughs> well, yeah. that's one interpretation. They multiply. That's one interpretation. Is that oh, our characters don't die? Some people are theorizing though because Mortal Kombat has has done time travel. Uh, they're actually saying um, there's two versions of Scorpion in the trailer, so we should say. And so some people are theorizing, like, yeah. oh, yes, there are in the game going to be multiple timeline versions of Scorpion. Sure. I think I think, Michael, you're right. It's basically, like, the whole trailer is, like, they're getting maimed. And I, mean, just, I, I, I thought were, it was saying, this is a fighting game. Yeah. yeah. You know? Those yeah. are two different Scorpion costumes, though, so. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're, it looks like two different Scorpions, and then it's, like, evil Raiden, right? Like, he's, he has, he's got the red lightning. That's Raiden's how you know he's always bad. kind of been evil. What are you talking about? He's the off. protector of our work. Christopher Lambert yeah. is a saint. <laughs> Have you ever won as him in the first game? He invites. He yeah, gets bored with human contestants, so he invites all the other gods to fight in Mortal Kombat, and they tear the world apart. All I know is he was awesome in Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> That's true. Yes, <laughs> one of the three storms was it? Uh, yeah. I mean, those three awesome dudes. One of them. Yep. One of them just blew up. He he got so mad he just exploded. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I hope the time travel is just a conceit to uh, have really cool DLC. Hmm. I'm predicting Game of Thrones characters. <laughs> well, it, what some people are saying is, uh, I think it was The Last Injustice had the gear system, uh, which had all the upgrades where you could have the different costumes, and it was kind of like having RPG elements in a fighter. So they were also saying that could just be a sign that, no, there's going to be different outfits for the characters that might have different powers tied to them. Like, it would make sense. Like, you know, it's it's NetherRealm. It's the same studio. And so they're probably building, like, a, actually... Surprisingly, a lot of people liked that gear system in Injustice 2. You would think fighting game fans would be like really purists, like, no, I don't want anything that's giving me buffs or anything. But uh, a lot of people really love like collecting all that gear, and it kind of gives you a reason to keep playing. So 
uh, that wouldn't be a bad thing if that you know you can imagine how they would integrate that with the crypt which is like their big thing where they encrypt with a k mm-hmm. because everything's with <laughs> of course. A k. and uh some details i think leaked today from an italian website there's a system called Gore-Tec, uh, where you can customize the blood and guts. <laughs> Gore-Tec. Yeah. Are you sure it's not just like you have a really nice watertight coat? Nice thermal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could be Protect you from Sub-Zero. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was teased before the show, but uh, Obsidian's new RPG, it's called The Outer Worlds. And it's not an isometric top-down. This is, it looks like a Fallout game. In space! It's Fallout in space. They're hyping it from the creators. So Borderlands. There you go. (laughs) Well, that's what a lot of people are saying. It looks like a combo of, like, Fallout meets Borderlands. But they're advertising it as from the creators of the original Fallout. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, these are the guys that did Fallout New Vegas. So they certainly know that formula. Uh yeah, it, it it and it looks like in the trailer. Did you guys watch the trailer at all? Mm-hmm. They're they're super going for like a comedic angle in this thing, which is where the Borderlands stuff kicks in, right? Like it's they're, yeah. They're, I, I I like the bit about like oh which which one is right? Choose and like <laughs> you didn't have to shoot him. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, that was good. yeah. Uh, oh, a lot of people are also saying it looks like a little bit of Firefly mixed in because it like takes place on the frontiers of space, but it's mm-hmm. like the abandoned frontier. Yeah, like, uh, ragged edge. Like everything yeah. has a turn of the century, nineteen hundreds aesthetic to it. It's got that Fallout thing yep. going. Yeah. Um, the other, the other big news though is this is coming to all platforms, and so even though Obsidian was acquired by Microsoft, that's not affecting this. This is you know, Microsoft's going to be making money off all the versions yep. of this game. So contracts what, are contracts. What it did with Minecraft. Anyone interested in a remake of Crash Team Racing? No. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. But But I know it has its fans. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled is coming uh, June 21st. So listen up, Babbies. If this is your first racing game, you're getting a remaster. Good for you. I I think uh, that game is beloved for its single player, not for, like, as a pure racing game. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in a single player experience in a kart racer. No, thanks. And you're not going to get your Diddy Kong Racing. Yes, if it's called, that's where I was going. If it's not called Diddy Kong racing i don't care about the single player experience the only only kart racer i need is the garfield kart racer that was 50 cents (laughs) yeah man that's all i need well i'm just hoping that in another 10 15 years we get a uh remaster of jack x combat racing hell yeah yeah uh yeah i hope i hope i hope pop culture keeps eating its own ass it's wonderful (laughs) what else can it do at this point (laughs) i don't know devil may cry Xbox exclusive demo was announced mm. at the show. We played it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's very fun. I don't know, like, so I call this Cody Rhodes, uh, the video game, because, like, your <laughs> character looks, straight up looks just like Cody Rhodes. Yeah, man. you're it's playing crazy. as Nero in the demo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's, it's like the same hairstyle and the same white hair that Cody Rhodes has. It's weird. Like, they should have just licensed his likeness. It's insane. Mm. Can you imagine? Maybe they will for May- a commercial. Can like you imagine Devil May Cry game with the New Japan wrestlers in that thing? No, I mean yes, because they made they made a final fight commercial with Kenny Omega. I kind of felt like this is a little aesthetically closer to DMC. Like maybe they're trying to make Nero look a little bit like that version of Dante. I thought the same thing, which is so weird because like people at the time hated that. Like I think DMC since people have looked back and they're like, actually, that game wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Like, it, I really loved well, a lo- DMC. A lot of it was a knee-jerk reaction. I thought the game itself was great. Wasn't and DMC Ninja Theory? Yes, it was. was okay. and, and I remember a lot of people complaining about, like, the swearing. It's like, why? Why does this bother you so much that Dante's swearing? <laughs> well, I think they were just, it was like going for, they were like, oh, wow, you're just trying to be edgy. 
You know, it, it was like a little. And, yes, and Dante it's a was game a starring big the devil in that game. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's kind of funny when Dante and the Slurm Queen from Futurama are screaming "fuck yeah. you, no fuck <laughs> you" at each other. So yeah, this one I think the big thing that might be new um, is the devil is a devil break. Is that what they call it? It's it's whatever's mapped yeah, to devil the devil breaker. Button. I think yeah. yeah. And and so basically, you can kind of collect. It's almost like ammo. It's yeah. these little like think gauntlets that have mm-hmm. different abilities. Like one of them shoots out like like a missile, yeah. and then another one like charges and is like this like electrical like beam. That yeah. Just so moves Nero has a prosthetic hand, and he can swap it out with other prosthetic hands that have various weaponized functions. Right. And so like yeah, you can launch yourself around. Like it's it's sort of like a dodge jump fly thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. And then one thing I would recommend, if you do pick up the demo, go into your mapping settings, and instead of having lock-on map to right bumper, go ahead and map that to right trigger, which does nothing by default. Mm. That is so much easier just to yes. hold down the right trigger to uh, to do the auto lock-on. But, I mean, it's a Devil May Cry game, right? It's super yeah. stylish. There was a time when R1 was the easier button to hit. That yes. time has passed. Well, I think that's almost like a remnant of, like, that, that'd be maybe on PS4 a little bit easier to hold that button. Sure. But it's an Xbox exclusive. But, yeah. uh... But yeah, it's it's so it's got all the Devil May Cry stuff, right? It's got like combos, it's got style points where it's like, oh, I I used my Devil Breaker and got like a double S combo and felt really awesome for doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to juggle, you know, alternate between like using your melee sword and then shooting enemies to keep your combo going. And then if you just tap B, that's like a whip that reaches out and brings them to you, so you can keep your melee combo going. Like it's it's Devil yep. May Cry, man. It's, mm-hmm. It's, it's all about style, too. It's super stylish. I don't know. It got me interested enough where when the full game comes out, I am intrigued. I'll say that. Uh, another one I'm intrigued about, because I love this series, they teased a new Dragon Age game, uh, which Bioware kind of said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And all we know, it was straight up like this. When I say teased, I mean teased. Uh, yep. It's <laughs> All we saw was a logo. Uh, it's Dragon Age The Dread Wolf Rises. And that's all we know. Oh, right. The Dread Wolf. Right. That sure. Guy. Okay, of course. Cool. Of course. Yeah. I'm sure there will be Templars and magicians that aren't supposed to use magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, there'll be Bull. Yeah, <laughs> was that that was his name, right? Freddie Prince think, Jr. I think so. Be? The the Bull, the the huge guy, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you've also got Joker from Persona Five. That was that was oddly enough like one of the bigger announcements coming out of that show so i think I was it was just surprising you. enough that I, was, it, I was sitting next to you when that announcement happened yeah. and mike was like oh shit <laughs> coming to smash yeah, yeah i mean uh, mostly for me it's uh, coming that to wasn't smash's like a, teacher <laughs> it wasn't like a character that i've been hoping would make it to smash but more it's like this is a bizarre step for this series to put a character that has no affiliation with a Nintendo console. Right. It's not and the first time. Cloud. It, uh, it, it's not the first time, but even Cloud, I can say, well, Final Fantasy has some roots in Nintendo yeah, consoles, yeah, and true. I get that the fandom might be tied. But Persona, that's really a Sony franchise. And uh, Yes. We, we were talking today, so Shin Megami Tensei is is theoretically now at this point like a 3DS I mean, franchise. yeah, that, that yeah, and, and franchise also S- has SMT and they're like 4 is cousins. coming to Switch. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah, yeah the, so it is exciting Joker is coming as a DLC character in the first DLC pack, which I want to say is January? 
So, I don't think they've announced actual okay. the release date yet. Because the first thing that'll come out is Piranha Plant. Piranha Plant. That's, and that that's, might be January, February. Isn't that free to everybody, That though? is free to everyone who bought the game. Uh, a couple who, weeks. Who pre-ordered it, or or if you bought it after launch. It's buy it in the first month. Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Registered by the start of January. But the, the more exciting thing, or possibly more exciting thing, is what this could actually pretend, which is... Um, this might mean Persona 5 could yeah. come to Switch. It could I mean that, that there's that an announcement. Because what, what Sakurai had said uh, in one of his final updates for the game was that, you know, all the future decisions for characters were going to be coming from Nintendo for the DLC characters, not from Sakurai's team. And so if you think, well, why would Nintendo want to push for a Persona 5 character in their game? Mm-hmm. It'd be to tie it into the release of Persona yep. 5, right? I mean, it only makes sense, so... Which is a fucking PS3 game, so it can totally run on the Switch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Hopefully, better than it did on PS3. But come, on, like, I can't be the only one who read this in text and like Joker's in Smash. I'm like, oh, from Batman, that makes yeah, sense. yeah, the Joker. That's the joke <laughs> yeah, I've been yeah. making since then. And then, like, when I finally saw the video, I was like, oh, that's disappointing. And it's not fair because I love that. I love that series. Or I love that that game. I love Joker. See, I picked up on it just because when I was naming that character, I literally named him Joker Jokerson, and so <laughs> he's the Joker to me. <laughs> that's all he is. Everyone called him Joker through that whole game. Or Jokerson's son, but that that trailer was pretty amazing. Yeah. It uh, yeah. the the style was perfect, spot on Persona Five style yeah. to the point where you just couldn't have seen that that was a Smash trailer unless you caught on to the fact that they always put the not actual gameplay footage at the bottom of Smash trailers at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been doing that for all of these uh, Smash Brothers. Well, well speaking of, of style, though, like what's cool about it, though, is when these DLC characters come, they also come with stages yep. and background music. And music. And yep. so that amazing soundtrack from Persona 5 is going to be in Smash. I'm really excited for a Persona 5 stage. I think that'll be really yeah. cool. Because yeah. oh, yeah. maybe yeah. we'll get like a Shibuya stage or something. Yeah. That'd be Ooh. fun. With, with kind of that, I mean, is Persona 5 cel-shaded? It, it looks sort of like shells mm, a little kinda, cel-shaded. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's got that style, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I think I think it's cool. So, non the game awards news. Moving on there. Uh, how about that Sonic movie poster? Oh, Sonic shapely thighs. <laughs> so true to the video game. You know, the thighs are one thing. The knees yeah. are just terrible. Well, it's it's the calves, really. If we're <laughs> yes, if we're being okay. honest. And I'll be honest, the laces, the laces of the shoe. Yeah. Just because you made the movie real, doesn't mean you have to make it that real. Mm-hmm. Not all shoes have laces. I'm wearing some <laughs> right now with no laces. I, I think that the somebody pointed out that like. It looks like a nude person wearing shoes, which normally you only see in either porn or at a nudist colony, and it's just troubling. <laughs> it's troubling to think about. I mean, that's just practical at a nudist colony. Yeah. But the, yeah. I, I guess the other news is that it's Jim Carrey's playing Dr. Robotnik, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. but not a voice and not in motion capture. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And yep. that, that, like, that counterbalances the kind of initial shock and horror I had at the poster. You get to see Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey the shit out of Eggman, yep. which makes me very happy. I mean, I get, I'm get, i getting flashbacks to, was it, 2000s, How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Mm, uh, yeah. But, okay. <laughs> it's been a while since Jim oh. Carrey was Jim Carrey. Get so. Danny DeVito to play Eggman. Get him to play all the video game characters he's <laughs> never mean, heard of. So I'm <laughs> going down, Sonic. I'm not going to pass judgment based on one image alone, but I will say this. I feel like the Detective Pikachu trailer... Mm-hmm. 
is like how you do a realistic looking video game character. Yeah, and there there are people who are already freaked out at the fur in that. It's like yeah. well, Pokemon would have fur. Come on, right? And they were already upset with that, but like when you look at that Sonic poster. And then there was another poster that might have been leaked that was like he's on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it's just and his you legs. Just yeah. See his legs. Yeah, uh, that one's just like you. Know, this is a reverse buffalo shot. If the camera were pointed the other way, it would be terrifying. Mm. I, I think that this movie had an uphill battle in the first place, so I'm unclear why they decided that just releasing a poster like this was the way to go. I, I think the Pikachu Detective Pikachu was the smarter way to do that. Build your world through mm-hmm. your trailer. Show why there is a live action Pokemon yeah. movie, and do the same thing with Sonic. More like Detective Creepachu. It's yeah. Well, it was it was like a poster reveal that was also like a GIF because remember it was like he's zooming it's a motion in. poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a motion yeah, poster, yeah. and he's collecting rings. Here's the only thing I'm really upset about. Across the top of the poster, it says from the producers of The Fast and the Furious. Okay, that's fine. That is a huge missed opportunity for a pun to say comes the fastest and the furriest. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, uh, someone give him Dave a Rudden, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, this has Howard the Duck written all over it and I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's, I can't wait. Yes, it makes me think of Howard. Oh, my uh. God. So there was a lot of big Monster Hunter world news that came out. I am super excited. They announced their first big, like, major expansion. It's coming next year. It's called the Iceborne expansion. It's, unfortunately, it's coming fall next yeah, year. Yeah, so that's, that's my worry about it. The, I mean, if that is coming so late next year, yeah. when is the next Monster Hunter game coming? Uh, well, that's that's typically the Japanese cycle is that they release the first game and then the G version. Right, it's right. Just... This this is our because normally we don't get them until the yeah. G or we the right. ultimate versions here. So this yeah, is basically it's, it's just still, the it's G still a little cycle. long even for that because it's it's a it's a little over a year. Like yeah. Monster Hunter is almost a year old from this recording. Right, exactly. But to their credit, like they've been doing so much live stuff in the game. There's there's always new content and events and monsters. being So do added. you still play? No, but no. it's because I do this and I have yeah. to keep. Yeah. You know, I have to play a lot of games. I mean, so. so for me, I felt like I I exhausted everything I wanted to do in World mm. way back in in March or something, and that was my game me of the too. year this year. Just, so I will yeah, say but. though, this will bring me back because it's an all new. My interpretation, they weren't really specific, but my interpretation is at least another new world, you know, yeah. or another new map mm-hmm. that's an ice themed map. The other thing that's super excited that I definitely will go back and play is. Geralt from The Witcher is coming to Monster Hunter, and it's not just a skin. They actually said, like, they're writing story missions for him, and he's going to have his fighting style. So, like, he's going to use that cool, just, like... Just put Geralt in every game, I guess. Yes, like, yes. Like, yeah, he got tired he's, he's of Soul Calibur. A little bit. He's yeah. like... <laughs> he's, he's totally going to sleep with the handler, isn't he? <laughs> you, I mean, you know I hate portals. And the portals keep bringing him to these other video games. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Like, I... Dude, okay, I have to... I, I will give CD Projekt Red credit. Like, other publishers wouldn't let this happen, other than Square. And, and no one can explain what's going on with Square right now. Like, Square lets this happen. But, like, just... Here, here's our most famous character... Use him in your game. Actually, you know what? Ubisoft does this too. With with uh, they did that with Ezio in a few fighting games. Mm-hmm. And right. I mean, he was, was in, in Soul, Soul Calibur. Calibur. Yeah. yeah, but like, I love when this happens. It's like, yeah, don't be so protective of your IP. It it makes everybody grow. Right. Like, it's like, yeah, this is big for Monster Hunter World, and this is big for the Witcher franchise. Like, and it makes perfect sense. Like, he is a monster hunter by trade. Like, that's what a Witcher is. They don't hunt witches. They hunt monsters. Mm-hmm. 
I'll work for your survey corps on one condition. All the monster bone elves. Survey corps. Jesus. I don't know what is that called. <laughs> uh, no, no, you're you're right. Like I'm, I am now. I'm just trying to picture like Geralt's confusion and every fucking thing going on. Like, <laughs> well, who are these cats? Yeah. What? <laughs> and our, our Geralt sounds like our snake. Let's yeah, be yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard Geralt. to do that guy's voice. Yes. Kinda. Oh, that guy. What I've heard is he's like a college professor. Or something by trade? Yeah, what's his name? Like Doug Cockle? Cocky? Something? How dare yeah. you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, well, that's all the news that's fit to play this week. Yes, it is. So why don't we segue into the special community segment? Which is specially segmenting our community. <laughs> No, you know our community is aligned in this segment. Well, oh, they were, they, all right, there all was right. a f- there was a few votes where they were segmented. Uh, there was a couple cl- close races. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to read for you here the results uh, from the game awards, and then what our community voted. And all surprisingly, right, I, got a, I got a thing for this. Go ahead. Vigi Games, Vigi Games, Vigi Games. Vigi Games are what's on everyone's mind. Welcome to the 2018 Game Awards presentation brought to you by Vigi Game Apocalypse. Uh, so, first up, best indie game, the Game Awards elected Celeste. Not a bad decision. Uh, what did our community say in a very, very close runoff between Celeste and Dead Cells? The VGA community selected Dead Cells. So, yeah. I'd say good choice. I'd say good choice. Uh, best in- debut indie game, not to be confused with best indie game. Uh, the Game Awards elected The Messenger. Sure. Yep. Uh, the ninja guy didn't like. VGA, you guys voted for Donut County. Yes. Yes. Good call. Good job on that one, guys. Uh, game Direction, you were aligned. The Game Awards said God of War, and so did you. Uh, for Best Narrative, the Game Awards uh, was Red Dead Redemption 2. VGA Community, you guys selected God of War, but it was by 1% over Red Dead Redemption 2. So a very, very close race. I guess you guys like the story of Arthur and Angry Dad. I'm, I'm sorry. I see Game Direction, God of War. All I can think of is there's only one direction, boy. Forward. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, which direction? The direction of the deer, boy. <laughs> um, best art direction. Best Art Direction Boy. The Direction of the Dear Boy. The Game Awards voted for Return of the Obra Dean. Yeah, Obra Dean. Obra Dean. Uh, VGA, you guys voted for God of War. Uh, more of you need to play Return of the Obra Dean. Look, they both have <laughs> bald guys in them, okay? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, best Score Slash Music. Uh, Game Awards elected Red Dead Redemption 2. VGA, you guys voted for Celeste. You That's love a those, good choice. Love those chip tunes. Uh, best audio design. Both of you selected Red Dead Redemption 2. I guess this is what the horses sound nice. They do. They do. You can hear their balls shrinking in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? That's my horse's balls. Yeah. Good boy. You hear that, Micah? That's the creepiest. <laughs> Son the creepiest, of a bitch. Creepiest is when Arthur just gives a low, slow, good boy. Petness. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good boy. <laughs> Uh, so, best performance in a video game. The Game Awards selected Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. Thank you. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, VGA, you guys selected Yuri Lowenthal as Peter Par- Parker in Spurdermer. Because he was awesome. Prince he of was. Persia. Yeah. Yes, yes. The pop. Uh, games for Impact. Not to be confused for Games with cha- games for Change. Uh, game Awards selected Celeste. So did you guys. Uh, I guess the themes about anxiety and overcoming uh, kind of mental health 
uh, issues, I guess that's good. Uh, best mobile game, mobile. Uh, TGA selected Florence. You guys selected Donut County. Ah, damn. You guys have good taste. Uh, best VR game, the Game Awards elected Astrobot. Uh, VGA, you guys selected Tetris Effect. Cannot get enough of that Tetris. Mm. Yeah. Uh, best action game, you guys both selected Dead Cells. Cannot argue with that choice. That is an awesome action game. Best action adventure, TGA was God of War. You guys selected Spider-Man. Um, best RPG, the Game Awards selected Monster Hunter World. I did not put what you selected here, so let's just assume it was Monster Hunter World. Yes. <laughs> um, best fighting game, you guys both selected Dragon Ball Fighters. Fighters. Best family, best family game. Game Awards selected Overcooked 2. You guys selected Super Mario Party. Best strategy game. You both selected Into the Breach. Good choice. Uh, best sports slash racing game. Uh, the Game Awards selected Forza Horizon 4. And so did you. Because uh, let's be honest, that was probably the only sports slash racing game any of us played yep. this year. Uh, best ongoing game. The Game Awards selected. I'll let you guys guess. What do you think they selected? Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, Dota 2? No, they, they selected Fortnite as they were flossing. Uh, you guys, though, selected Overwatch. Can't get enough of that Pixar game. Uh, best multiplayer game? I'll give you another chance. Guess what the Game Awards selected? Was it Fortnite? It is the Fortnite. <laughs> but our community knew the real best multiplayer game, Chris, which is... Uh, Monster Damn straight it is. And... Michael, do you have do you have a, a drum roll for me for the final game of the year? I I don't. You I absolutely just have do this not. Theme. That is totally fine. I don't need one. I don't need one. Game of the year. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. I feel it. Damn, this table's gonna fall apart if you keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Game Awards chose Dad of War, Video Game Apocalypse Community. You chose Spider Man in a very 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 close race between Spidey and Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, which then, so I, I had to do this. Unfortunately, the way Twitter does polls, uh, a little behind the scenes thing, they only let you have four options to any yep, race. Yep, and yep. so a lot of the time I had to combine choices and I would typically combine the ones I knew weren't going to get a lot of votes. Cause it's like, okay, but I had to do two waves for game of the year. Cause they had like, I think it was like at least eight entries. It might've been, no, I think it was eight. So, um, so there was a, it was basically Spidey and RDR two. And then like, I think the final runoff was Spidey versus God of War. And Spider-Man took it, but it was very close mm. both times. So, good choices, you guys. Good job. And you're not segmented until now you are segmented. Now you're segmenting the community because last week's question of the week was, tell us some of your favorite lesser-known game music tracks. Or did, did that morph into, in the show, uh, what's a decent music from a shitty game? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I probably <laughs> yeah. just copy pasted that wrong. It's yeah. It's, I mean, that this is the one that you have here. Lesser known music tracks is what I put into the article. So okay. let's go with that. Okay, sure. <laughs> or, or yeah, I mean, re- or most people what they put is their favorite tracks from lesser known games. Yeah. Uh, so the first one comes from Laser Time Rules, who says LGN games are infamously considered bad games, but many of those games have killer soundtracks. The Nightmare on Elm Street slash Friday the 13th games have pretty haunting tunes, all things considered, and they fit the atmosphere of the game perfectly. Karate Kid's OST sets the tone of off nicely with its stage-specific tunes that fit the scenes they're interpreting from the movie. 
Maximum Carnage has a rocking OST that works with the game. I could go on, but you get the point. Mostly shit games with awesome music and has a bunch of links here. Here's one from Karate Kid's bonus stage. Which is you catching flies with chopsticks. I should set this up. <laughs> oh, so. I remember that. <laughs> yes. Or, no, it's it's that or you chopping ice or you doing that thing where the weird hook is going toward you and you have to do the drum. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So this is NES era, right? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it, it kind of just loops after this. I, I, are you sure this isn't just... Okay, there it goes. Yeah, there's your loop. Oh. I was uh, going to say, are you sure this isn't just the title screen music? <laughs> no, the title screen music, they try to have a little bit of that, like, eastern flute sound going. And I almost put that here, but I, I did... I want to put bonus stage because, ladies time rules, it said, hey, scenes that match uh, the action perfectly. And I, it, that perfectly matches, like, trying to catch flies with chopsticks. Notoriously hard in that game. But next up, though, he's so right... Listen to the Friday the 13th soundtrack, or this is, the, I think, the main theme. Like, it's spooky and scary. Oh, this is the house theme. Yeah, this is, yeah. yeah. When you're exploring in first right. person, right? Yeah. And you might turn around at any second and get that... And there's, there's a man in a purple suit with a machete. He's dancing! He's dancing, you better duck! <laughs> yeah. Uh. But those pale in comparison to Maximum Carnage. Check this out. Hell yeah, I played extra for the red cartridge. Yeah. I'm getting my money's worth out of this song. <laughs> sure this isn't rock and roll racing? <laughs> like they're going to kick into paranoid at any second? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey buddy, you got to slow your car down and let me in, says a Deadly Premonition. The whole soundtrack is for a game that fits nicely in a bag of dicks. I really wanted to see, <laughs> I wanted to see the end of the game, but the driving sections and real-life time-wasting moments made this game unbearable to play. But goddamn that soundtrack. Oh, yes, this is so great. So he says, this one always reminded him of classical gas. Hmm. Listen to that. I mean, that's like classical guitar. It sounds great. Do we have time to let the vocals kick in? It's your show, man. You got time if you have time. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, does that happen soon? Or do we have to wait? Uh, let's listen to this next track. This is the one that he says always reminds him of Super Mario World, and you'll see why when you hear it. Yes, is hanging around the hotel. I'm getting more of a girl from Ipanema. <laughs> wait for it, wait for it. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's nice. You know, there should be more whistling in video games for soundtracks. Can't whistle. <laughs> nice. Nice, all right. Dang More Life says if you've uh, heard any ga- music from Mi- Gimmick or Mr. Gimmick, it's probably the bang <coughs> intro track, Good Morning, but that's not what I'm talking about this time. No, you need to wrap your ears uh, around this track, Sophia. Uh, it's got this otherworldly bounce uh, to it that's hard to describe. Makes you feel like uh, slow motion headbanging on a cloud or something. The whole soundtrack is rad as fuck. Check it out. Pretty sweet. 
Yeah, I'd play the fuck out of this game. The, the way I describe <laughs> this to you, Michael, and I don't know what it is. There's something that's like a psychological thing. This song has like weight and gravity to it. Like I feel pressure on my chest when I when I hear that like bass line going. It's it's weird. It does. It's doing something like physically to me. Like it's yeah. This is really good. Like when I think when you sent it to me, I'm like, this is like. Uh, if you had like one of those 1980s adventure games that just un- unfolds with like a first-person static view of your in- surroundings yeah, and like yeah. a little menu of oh, actions, yeah, it's like this is when the the game character is visiting their apartment and just like chilling out with a cup of coffee, looking out at the sunset. This is remarkably good. <laughs> this is really good music. Right. Yeah, just that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Best slash worst slash best again says, <laughs> I'll take any chance I can to bring it up, Brave Fencer Musashi, which I think uh, that's valid. Um, it doesn't fit the idea of a bad game with a good soundtrack, because I think it's a fantastic game, but nonetheless, the music is quintessential 90s Square Enix goodness. The main theme is one of my all-time favorite game tracks, while the rest of the score fits in so well with the adventures you go on throughout the game. Right, Let's hear here it. We go. love this game about well michael what we were talking about is this isn't necessarily a lesser known game because yeah this uh had the final fantasy 7 demo that's true yeah and that was why it was pretty big actually but how many people can tell you about the all you can eat kingdom or uh rutrick's true identity (laughs) exactly yeah Had to get through that crescendo. Yeah, there, there, there was a lot of examples of like JRPG type music like mm-hmm. that, and so I just had to pick like the best example. So to me, that was a, a wonderful example of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Ian E. Frederick from the Laser Time uh, Facebook community says, uh, "Buck Bumble, this track is on fire." Even if the game is kind of generic N64 mascot trash. This is amazing. How did... Oh, yeah. You've never heard this? No. Some of Argonaut's finest work. Careful, guys. Brett might fly in on a, on a giant bee and do, <laughs> and do a video game segment for us, just like he does, 30, 20, 10. on 302010, our pop culture look back at video games, music, movies, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago. I'm assuming this is the only song from Buck Bumble. This There's the only one. <laughs> That's I all can't you need. hear anything. <laughs> I've never heard that intro though. It's just like the little little lead in is pretty good. Right about time, it's time to rock with the Dickie Buck. Oh man, okay. Uh, Lee Tran says my go-to choice for this type of question: One Piece Pirate Warriors series. Uh, it's like if you took the power rock of ease and added in some really snazzy jazz accompaniment. Oh, nice. Oh, wait for it. It gets better. Horns coming in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, here's the piano. Hell yeah, dude! I kind of want to wake up to yeah. this song every day. 
<laughs> Shopping at the mall in the 70s. <laughs> We all just simultaneously jumped in the studio. It was really yeah, weird. Yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. froze midair. Yeah. I don't know how we did that. We're still here. How do we get down? This is confusing. I don't like this new world I've been thrust into. Uh, Patrick uh, McC- McClafferty uh, said, I love uh, Mystical Ninja starring Goemon on Nintendo 64, and especially uh, love this song, uh, I Am Impact, that appears when you summon your, uh, your giant robot for boss fights. Oh, this is the best. It is. Really good pick. Alright, Gomon's getting pulled up into his robot. I'm not going to get to the breakdown, even though it's fantastic. I recommend you go listen to that on your own if you want to hear more. Oh, Just yeah. play that game. It's fun. I am Impact. And also Gorgeous My Stage. The, yeah. the fact that they were able to get those uh, full vocal tracks onto uh, N64 is kind of impressive. Uh, Michael, how about you read this one? I don't, I don't recognize okay. who, who this uh, who, who this guy is. Some guy named David Rudden says... <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. I, I actually don't know who that guy is. <laughs> <For so>. former <laughs> the recently engaged Dave Rodney. Oh, really? Congrats yeah. to him. Making Dang. a rare QOTW comment to highlight one of my favorite game songs ever, the end credits for Project Horned Owl. Oh, I remember that. An early light gun game on the original PlayStation. Michael, Chris, Matt, and Micah. You must play this at least the two-minute mark to fully enjoy... Oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we could skip there. Maybe, maybe we'll scroll ahead. No. Diamond Dog Orders. Diamond Dog Orders. Yes, sir, Diamond Dog. This game uh, was unique in part because... Well, not unique because he did a lot of stuff for video games. But this had designs by Shiro Masamune, the legendary artist behind uh, Appleseed and uh, Ghost in the Shell and a bunch of other games that uh, or a bunch Michael, of other manga. Michael. I'm trying to get my 80s on, please. Damn. There it is. I feel like we just wrapped up a Tom Cruise 80s flick. Any moment could be last Honestly, this isn't a light gun game. Like, a light gun game doesn't deserve to have a song like this in it. Sliders up, dude. Sliders up. Yeah, I mean, this is like a stadium jam right here. By the way, like Peter Cetera 
is owed some royalty from this song, right? This has got to be... All right, Diamond Dog, all right. That's the two-minute mark. Oh, wait, did I want to hear the solo. There was the solo. That's what he wanted us to wait for. <laughs> oh, jeez. says until at least the two-minute mark. All right, that's, that's more than anyone else got. Thank uh, you, Diamond Dog. That was a good choice. Uh, Aaron Chados, Chados, did we ever figure out how to pronounce this? Both. Says, Chados. It's like a Spanish Chad. <laughs> Chados. Uh, my go-to is from Metal Arms, Glitch in the System, with a track called Rat Race. It has the type of music one would expect out of a game from 2003. Gross. It sounds like the mix between a theme, the theme to Batman Beyond and the start of a mid-2000s WWE <laughs> B-tier pay-per-view show. You know that's why I included it. That second question. <laughs> Cue the montage of Triple H spitting the water uh-huh. into the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. Someone, my God, he's busted wide open. Start the show. There's some TLC action going on. The rated R superstar Edge is there yeah. somehow. Yeah. Montage of him petting a cat, wiping a single tear from his eye after finishing a good book. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this music is way too hardcore for Metal Arms glitch in the system. Right? Yeah. You play a little chibi robo in that game. Yeah. It's not yeah, called yeah, chibi yeah, robo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that game, I, I will never forget that game as like one of many that was like, this is amazing. Why aren't you playing this? Nobody's playing this. Yeah. Yep. Everything I mean, died was, in 2000. It was like too yep. much stuff at that point. It was yep. it was like, oh, wait, but I already have Jack and Daxter and yeah. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. already got my robot, uh, I guess, mascot game. So. Yeah. Grant Guves says, sorry, Grant, if I butchered that, Time Lord is a bad game. And of course, it's made by Rare because it's super hard, isometric as fuck, and has the great David Wise doing the soundtrack. Uh, I'm sure this was a title screen Brett came across in his NES music search days. So here you go. This is really good for an NES. I mean, they had me at David Wise there. It can't be a bad game if he does the music. Oh, yeah. Really good. What a banger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. Andrew Roberts says, Rising Xan is dog shit in the gameplay department, but its writing is exceptional. And exceptional theme songs are the key reason uh, it's still sitting on my shelf at my house. Here we go. Get ready. It's coming. Oh, man. Opening credit crawl. <laughs> you just got to see, it has, like, the character walking into the sunset with, like, a very stiff walk right now. I think I just heard that sentence scream. Hell 
Oh wait. You have finally made it, my son. This is the last test and my final lesson for you. All right, that's an- <laughs> that was delightful. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's one of my favorites. Nice. Oh my god, that that that's like so clearly influenced by like the Young Guns Bon Jovi music. Like, yeah, yeah. Or or if you are raised in a Christian camp, Carmen Satan bite the dust. It sounds uh, very much like that. Does it really? <laughs> it's a joke for like two people. <laughs> so let's move on to the next one from Orlando. Anaya, who says, I was one of those kids that had a master system, I guess instead of an NES, and I used to love this game and song that you don't really hear about anymore. See if we can guess. Yeah, I kind of want you to see if you guys can recognize the song. I mean, I could recognize it even if I wasn't looking at the title screen, but... Chris, any guesses? I'm going to guess Al. If you were playing a Shenmue game, (laughs) you might recognize this song. Oh, Space Harrier yeah, Outrun. Yeah, Space Harrier. Yeah, nicely done. It is, it is a series no one talks about anymore. Because uh, it just had like those two games, and then it kind of went away. Yeah. The story of Sega. I sent this one to Michael today. This this might be one of my favorites. So uh, Jesse Eubanks says, This is probably my favorite apropos of nothing VGM find. I've never heard of this game. I don't know anyone who has, but this title theme slaps. Oh, yeah. And this is, it's a game called, like, Puzzled or Puzzler? Puzzled. Yeah, this Puzzled. It does sound like something from a, like, some, somebody trying to make a more intentional throwback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is like a GBA game, or a GBA Advance. A uh, Game Boy Color. Game Boy Color, oh, wow. Yeah, I just love that the, uh, the box art here is, like... Two completely different styles. You've got the mad scientist <laughs> and like the little weird anime kid like yeah. pointing his finger at him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes you puzzled, right? Uh-huh. It sure. works. At most not cool man on Twitter says, this track is probably one of my favorites from an extremely underrated mana game. I had to throw one metal track in here somewhere. <laughs> Which mana game is this from? This is Legend of Legend. Yeah. The track is Pain the Universe. I always love that, like the JRPG blend of like metal with still like melodic, usually like symphonic music. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so this last one, I will warn you, Michael. I, I want us. To, we'll play the beginning, and then we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, okay. So at Captain Kukul says, I'm giving this one because I don't think too many people listen past the first minute or so of the title screen, and then when the song really kicks in into high gear, okay, so after that minute. So let's let's play the opening. Do you guys recognize this? Catherine. This is this is the opening to Catherine, which we all heard for probably like yeah, 15 or 20 seconds, and then and then you get into the game. Skip forward, Michael, to just before. Let's let's say like forty-five seconds and see what, what's going on with this song. Because okay. it's it's really like sullen piano. Oh shit! Oh, it's picking up. What do we have here?
Hell yeah. We're all doing that SNL head thing. Yep. You guys can't see us. We've right been now. doing that, that this whole segment. <laughs> Isn't this? Oh, sweet. <laughs> I never would have known this song did this. What's the name of this song, Michael? Uh, it's a Golden Show. It's a Golden Show. Not to be confused with It's a Golden Show. I, I mean, how could you... We all went there, but you chose yeah. to, to take that step. Somebody needed to make put it, it Put it down on tape. Yeah. Suck, can't think about Golden Showers without thinking of the president now. <laughs> I mean, it used to be R. Kelly and other people who got peed on. Is the is the pee tape out by the time this airs, I wonder? Yes, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's been a, our delightful question of the week listening party. New question of the week. Tell us a toy that you remember really wanting for the holidays as a kid that you may or may not have received as a gift, and if it lived up to your expectations. That's... Oddly, the first thing that pops into my head is uh, when I was pretty little, I asked, there were like these... Uh, toys out called Popoids, which were like, um, they were sort of like building toys, but they had like flexible bits with like tubes that you could extend. Mm. And uh, really wanted that, put it on my Christmas list. And when Christmas came around, uh, me and my sister were taking turns opening presents, and she opened Popoids. I was like, Bastards. what the? No, Santa made a mistake. That was supposed to be for me. That it was always for me. happened. That has, that has happened to all of us. I asked for that, and, and I got all upset, and that probably ruined Christmas for everybody. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. As you're sitting on a pile of toys, you also asked for Yes, it. exactly. But, you know, when you're, when you're like, what, seven or eight, like, all that matters is like, no, this immediate injustice ruins everything. I'm, I'm looking these toys up, and I do remember the creepy faces on the uh, the doll-like mm-hmm. heads that they would have oh, with yeah, these yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Actually, something similar happened to me. So um, one of mine that happened one year where I really wanted a bike, and I had an older brother, and of course I came down, Santa you know, had arrived, and my older brother got the bike. But I, I didn't, didn't make a scene or anything. I was just like a little disappointed. But luckily, the next year, Santa delivered, brought me the bike I'd been wanting, uh, and this was the 80s, you guys, so come on. I ended up with a mongoose. So it was a mongoose, yeah. BMX bike, hot pink, fucking 80s nice. hot pink with the pegs, baby. God damn. It was fucking 80s sweet. <laughs> the pegs. Gotta have the pegs. Gotta have the Masculine banana seat. Had that thing where you could like reverse the chain to do like, you know, go in reverse. and Yeah, I never fucking used that thing. I could not <laughs> keep that bike up uh, for any tricks whatsoever. But boy, did I look just like the guys in that movie BMX, so I felt pretty rad. Or movie, was it movie rad? No, it was the movie rad. So now oh, I feel was even it? Rad. Okay. Now I feel <laughs> <Was>. BMX. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, my only other Christmas story, sort of a similar thing. Um, I really, really wanted Michael Jackson's Moonwalker one year. And this was the only time where I quote unquote peaked. Uh, my mom like sent me out to the car to get something out of the trunk to like help her, like, hey, go get the groceries. She had left Michael Jackson's Moonwalker in the trunk where it had like fallen out of a bag, and so I accidentally saw my. Pre- I did. I don't. I don't like like 
peaking or anything like that. So I accidentally knew what I was getting that year. But you know what? I still got Michael Jackson's Moonwalker at Christmas, and I love the shit out of that game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you weren't like the kid in Tattletale opening your Christmas present four days early and then being cursed to deal with it no. night after night. Yeah, being haunted by a Furby forever. No, uh-huh. that was uh, last year when we got a, re- a Teddy Ruxpin toy for the, uh, the uh, household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing haunts my nightmares. That's the thing about all this shit. Like, um, My parents are very generous and nice, uh, but my father especially hated me wanting action figures or anything that wasn't like a fucking chemistry set or a book or a baseball glove uh so i didn't get like any of that shit in fact if you were to come in my house it is a giant testament to things my parents did not get me and i eventually got myself <laughs> on ebay uh, yeah i know that tens yeah my, my pet monster sits above my door as does this teddy ruxman i cannot find fucking like triple c batteries wherever the fuck it needs that no one makes anymore mm. Uh, they never bought me any of that shit, and they never bought me any video game system except the NES, which I got for my birthday. So mm. I, every year I asked for a video game system and never got one. Mm. Uh, so maybe, maybe, the, does this still happen? Uh, uh, the scooter? Remember the scooter? Yeah. I know they still make scooters, but they're like tiny and like clean yeah, looking. The, the Razor like scooters the, now. Is like the Razor scooters, yeah. but like back in the 80s, they had like... it. This is basically just two bike tires and a thing you stood on with handbrakes. Yep. Right, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and mine was those. called a street rad. Of course, yeah. I remember yeah. really wanting a pogo ball and getting a knockoff Lolo ball instead. And that thing <laughs> didn't bounce for shit. <laughs> yeah, like, my parents didn't get me, get me a fucking roller racer. I remember I had to buy my own when I was like 12. Oh, you poor baby. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> but you still remember the code of the last level of that Lolo ball, don't you? I do. It's GCVT. That's right. <laughs> Put that in your Switch, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what about you? Well, so my parents were very gracious and always gave me everything I I asked for for Christmas usually. So I I never was left like, oh, I didn't get the thing that I was hoping for this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Except when I decided that I wanted the Philips CDI because oh, of the Zelda oh, games man. that were coming to it. Because your parents aren't billionaires? Well, because, so because they were Phil so Hartman kind that they were pitchman. like, yeah, we'll get you the Philips CDI. We're just not Ooh. buying it as a Christmas present. We want to go. And, and so... After Christmas, we went to uh, Circuit City, I think it was at the time. No way. And I tried out the Philips CDI. I played all the games, and I told them, please don't buy it. Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) We're not sure if we want to spend $700 on something that you're going to hurl against the wall and piss on after the first day. Yeah, after you said that, they're like, well, good, because it was between this and college. (laughs) But they were going to get it for me. I mean, they wanted a cutting-edge multimedia device. It's good that you tried before you buy. they didn't get that. Oh, honey, I'm sure Burn Cycle will come to the Super Nintendo someday. You're playing Burn Cycle. I'm Phil Hartman. <laughs> He's that good. Yep. Sold Mike on the whole system. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I feel like this has all been like, eh, we didn't get the toys we want. Meh. So no, no. I mean, I got no, it. My, my, my story was very it. positive. Yeah. I true. luckily dodged the bullet of the Philips CDI. Yeah. Michael, I would have been I, stuck with that as my video game console. I was got. thankful for Moonwalker, Michael. How <laughs> dare right. you? Well, I guess mine was. I didn't get the toys. So I, I did get a Hothwampa one year from Empire Strikes Back, and that and the Tauntaun were fucking rad. So when you thanks, cut it Mom open, and Pops. It smelled terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was terrible. But that, that did have a flap in the bottom where you could just like stick your Luke action figure into. Did it really? It Put did. Luke it did. This. It had like a little trap door on top so you could have the, the figures ride by just sticking them in. And then it had like 
like a rubber uh, slit on the bottom where you could just like jam Luke in there if you were gross. Not gonna say anything. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna. Yeah. Don't say it. You yeah. say it. I won't say it. I won't say it. We're all thinking it. We're all thinking it. Um, Michael, what else have you put your Luke in? <laughs> uh, anyway, tell uh, what's a toy that you got that you or didn't get that you really really wanted as a kid and did it live up to expectations let us know go to vidgegameapocalypse.com answer under the comments for episode 294 alternately you can hit us up on the official laser time community on facebook there'll be a thread where you can answer or hit us up on twitter at vg apocalypse that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Micah, do you have anything to plug? You're the special guest. Sure. I mean, you could follow me on Twitter. I'm at dash underscore reindeer because I was dumb enough to put an underscore in my Twitter handle. <laughs> I got it the first year Twitter came out. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> is, is that a play on dash reindeer? Obviously. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well done. I just thought maybe you had a lot of Christmas spirit. No, I mean, I, I also think that it's a nice Christmassy sounding name. Yeah. Uh, and uh, prior to that, I was, my handle at IGN was dash dash IGN, because we all ah. had a dash IGN handle. Ah. And I thought that was a funny little <laughs> gimmick of dash, a name. Dash IGN. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Uh, and so, yeah. Nice. The rest is history. Yeah, uh, this week's Laser Time is all about horror uh, horror Christmas movies with our buddy Kevin from Cap City Video. And speaking of which, if you want to come down to the... You live in the, uh, I don't know, Panhandle, Southern Georgia, Abilama, or have a great, uh, or have a great flight plan, uh, come down and watch <laughs> me host uh, some classic uh, Christmas cartoons um, on December 15th. Saturday at 3 o'clock. Um, two hours of me talking about cartoons and playing old cartoons dating back from 1933 to now. Uh, all beautifully Christmas-themed, some of which you can't find anywhere or out of print and or the company doesn't want you to see. Like the one with... Uh, yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to edit one of these cartoons because there's something so like disturbing, this very pleasant <laughs> cartoon and racist that I just want to get rid of it. Look how far I've come. Um, but... Yeah, that and uh, pay, we, and if you're not there, Patreon patrons at Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime uh, can get will get some kind of facsimile of that, a recreation with those cartoons, uh, as well as this week's show where I talk all about this miraculous trip I took to Disney World, uh, where somebody what I what did I call it my last uh, my last Silicon Valley benefit I think like just pure opulence from a company I don't work for. It was ridiculous. It was like the old days in the games press. Ah, um, yeah, <laughs> those uh, were the and, days. But a, a guide to Disney World, if you ever thinking of going, as well as uh, Harry Potter World, where I got to go to for no cost for some reason. Uh, you'll find out in that show. And uh, thirty twenty ten this week's really fun. I know uh, a Christmas game that I asked for and ended up getting later for good grades to, as a partial question of the week answer. Mega Man Two next week. Mega Man Two will celebrate its thirtieth anniversary in Japan and uh, America shortly after. And hopefully I'll have something whipped up for that as well. I have some videos I want to make for my Disney experience on youtube.com slash laser time. So check that shit out. Tons of uh, archive streams there as well. And, but if you become a patron over a hundred full length movie commentaries, including stuff like Scrooged and uh, uh, other Christmas things that I can't think of right now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I was going to plug video game apocalypse, but I'm already on that show. Yeah. It kind of um, makes sense. Yeah. I have to do that. <laughs> Uh, two two bonus thirty twenty tens this month. By the way, a year end wrap up and a uh, uh, December edition of our user uh, listener show. 
So please consider becoming a patron at the low cost of five bucks a month. It would really help us out. It'll help us keep going in 2019. Who knows, maybe further, but I doubt it. All right. If you want to meet Chris in person, yeah. So head on head on down there to Cap City Video Lounge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to meet Michael and I in person, don't come to the Black Bear Diner in Emeryville because we will be nowhere near there. Absolutely this not. <laughs> uh, but if you do want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Matty C. Allen. And you can follow the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been a great audience. We'll see you next week. This is some great secret sound material, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Bruce Just talking about our heartburn. Old man talk. Yeah. Oh my God. There's been old man talk on the Laser Time Network.